0: We're probably looking at your email. two, one. Welcome to the Squirt to Stab podcast with Tony and Pat. Hello. Hello.
1: I didn't know. I, I, it's always awkward for me to say something after you do that. So
0: oh, I went for I,
1: that one that way, and I think that didn't work out
0: i still uh hate our intro music and uh, i think uh i hate our intro
1: yeah well you know whatever uh i think um hopefully i'll uh talk to bernie offline and frankie from uh the last troubadour and i think they'll probably they can probably let us use a riff or something
0: yeah they, they need to come up with something yeah so for sure uh, just a reminder to all our listeners: we could be reached at squirt 2 gmail.com for suggestions. You can leave audio reviews. You can tell us how much you love us and love send the, nudes. Yeah, nudes. Send, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Do that. Why not, dude? So
1: we have a guest with us today. Yeah. Um, I know we hey, had hey, our. Hey, uh, do, you, yeah. do you have
0: your Do you have your headphones then? Yeah, why? Uh, no, I'm hearing an echo.
1: I do hear an echo. That's oh, weird. shit. Somebody. Well, our guest is Bobby L. Uh, he's on the show. He'll be with us throughout the show to chime in. Uh, and later in the show, he's going to tell us about his encounter with uh, an alien and alien abduction. So I'm excited about that. But, yeah, we do, I do have an echo. And does everyone confirm that they have their uh, headphones in? And that they're they they do not have sound coming out of any kind of external speakers.
0: I don't. Bobby, how you doing, Bobby?
2: Oh, ho- hello. Hey, uh, I know. Yeah,
1: so this is a new thing. Uh, we're gonna let our guests kind of sit in the show. Um,
2: it's good to be and, here.
1: Yeah, nice to have you. And I, I've already told everyone that we're gonna listen to your story here eventually. Here in a little bit.
2: Oh, they're um, here. A- oh, oh, they're here. Oh, we're live. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, oh. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. We, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Is, and th- sorry, yeah. you go first, and then I'll I'll wait.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, you know. And uh, feel free to chime in. So we're going to tell your story later. We're going to get into the interview part. Great. Where you're going to captivate everyone with your abduction story.
2: Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, the whole love affair thing, and and then uh, but now we're just going to go through our segments, and we just kind of want you to feel free to chime in and be part of the show.
2: I, Does that sound know- good to you? It, that fantastic really All excited right. to, excited to be here
1: well thank you we do appreciate you being on the show bobby l uh, and real quick bobby l is l like your actual last name or is that are you just kind of like being uh kind of anonymous
3: well
2: uh i'm glad you asked that it it, it is uh abbreviated for an- anonymity anonymity and um uh you know from from the story i will tell later in the show it uh uh you know i i feel that um keeping uh my my personal life um uh secretive as uh, say you know for for everyone's safety my you know um okay. but it stands it stands for larry if you wanted to know um
1: all right okay cool but and yeah. we'll just go with bobby bobby l bobby. bobby l
2: that's what yeah that's what that's what my friends call me and you guys are my bobby. friends so
1: oh well hey thanks I, and again we do appreciate it um and uh like like i tell everyone especially that has uh intimate part of their life they're going to share. Uh we definitely appreciate it here on Score to Stab. Thank you so much for being part of the show, Bobby.
2: I so. well, th- I'm thank you for having me on on the show. Yeah. So it's a first is the some... first for me, so.
1: Oh, well great. We love first timers. So uh yeah, we just you to you know just just have some fun, uh p- take part in the in the in the show uh wherever you feel necessary and yeah, that's great. So um thank you. Uh, but yeah, Tony, so I don't even know you we already gave the email, everyone knows where to email. I us, gave all that the kind of email. Stuff.
0: Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Right. So if you're listening uh, to the show, you know.
1: Right. Yeah, everyone yeah. just kinda everyone in the world, everyone everyone all over the country will soon know our email by heart. Yeah. So <laughs> For all the right but, reasons, I'm hoping. So you were saying something right before we started. I heard you something about you said something that you, your wife's not that happy with you, or something happened and she's mad. Oh,
0: well, she's she's always mad at me. Um, so so this kind of goes along with the story uh, the, of a guy that we both know, and I base my recommendation to this other dude based off of this dude that we both know. Okay. So um. My wife heard me telling this particular individual who was uh, deciding to get a vasectomy, okay? Oh. Yeah. And I was telling him that he shouldn't get a vasectomy because he might eventually someday get a divorce and then find some young, <laughs> young hot chick to marry and need to get that shit reversed because she's going to want to have a kid.
2: Can you reverse? Is there a reverse? Yes, you vasect- can. Oh, pa-
0: okay. Pat and I know. both know somebody who's had it done, correct, Pat? Yes, I do. Yeah, and so can well, you reverse so,
2: back from the reverse, or I guess it gets uh, co- it gets complicated. At I
0: that would point. think seems so like anyway, that'd be just complete
1: mutilation of the genitals at that point.
0: You would think. I mean, but anyway, so my wife heard me tell this guy that he shouldn't get a vasectomy because someday he might trade up for a younger model, and she went <laughs> fucking ape shit. Yeah, but she I was, did. Why? Because <laughs> he thinks it's ridiculous. Because. She doesn't She doesn't put it in terms of the dude I was talking to would do this. She puts it in terms that I would do this. And how dare I think that that me, being the disgusting human being I am, would ever be able to go with someone younger than me and more attractive than her. <laughs> 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 so it turned into this whole, like, argument. And I, sometimes I think women just can't... Uh, here I go again, dude. I, don't uh, I know, to know dude. This I, I, I you... know, dude. This is where
1: you're paying homage with respect to all women across the world. I respect the land women. land with your words. I respect women.
0: But oh, sometimes yeah. they can't think outside their own box. No pun intended. That's you know what very I'm
1: respectful. That's an in- Yes, yeah, I'm very respectful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, women. Like, seriously. I was yeah. just trying to give this dude some advice, but I feel like she's not the only woman on the planet that would have ended up feeling this way, berating her husband and, Telling him he's ugly and no other woman would want him. so or, you know, it just, or
1: do you think she just can't believe her husband would think such a thing? Maybe she just had nothing I, to do with the fact that you can do it. It's just a mad, the fact that you're, Pat,
0: you're Pat. thinking something like was, this. Like, was I not basing it on a true story?
2: What if she wanted to get her tubes tied or didn't want to get her tubes tied because there's this, you know, a young stud out there that...
0: I would be fine with I would be fine with that, you know. It's like, you know. Good, good question. I, yeah. yeah, like if some if someone else wants her, they can take her. Well, that's not true.
1: You'd be so yeah. You, you wouldn't let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> you would kidnap your own wife. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tie her up in the basement. <laughs> You're yeah. mine forever. Been there. We both.
1: Well, I know. Yeah. I mean, you know what though? You guys, I, you, you guys are one of the couples that love each other so much. I think. But it's just, you know, maybe it wasn't, hey, Tony's thinking this. It's like, hey, my husband's a piece of shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't believe he would think such a thing.
0: Yeah, but again, I I was just reading not But she
1: didn't know that this was kind of like said in jest.
0: Was it, though? Did you do it? What's that? Did I do it? No, it wasn't me who was trying to get a (laughs) vasectomy. Oh, it was okay. someone I knew? Someone it was.
3: Just
1: um, <laughs> was it you who no, were telling no. yourself
0: this before the vasectomy? No, I already refused to get one. I told them I'm not getting one. I don't care. Just in case. Just in case.
2: What do they tie? I mean, what is what is it? I've heard they, it tossed around. I don't know. Does anyone know?
0: They what cut. It? They cut like the the tubes, and I forget the names that go basically uh, from your testicles to your. Um, is it urethra? I don't know. I should know this shit. Man, oh man! But they, cl- but they clip that. They clip that inside, and I guess it's a really easy procedure now. Sounds. <laughs> sounds well, I hope they don't clip
1: the urethra. urethra. No, it's the
0: it <laughs> yeah, not I by thought,
1: you, oh, sir. I can't pee anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: I guess I should have googled that shit.
1: I don't know. I don't know. You should. You didn't even have to say it. You just say clip, and we all assume yeah. it's something between the ball sack and the Ooh. to the. You sounds
2: know, slippery <laughs> oh. <laughs> could anyway. be slippery,
0: yeah, so anyway, well, but that, I mean that's just that's just one of many stories I could tell about my wife. I kinda want some angry. people
1: to start emailing us about your these stories of and I think maybe this was really the first you really shared with us, but I want to hear some perspective from others on what they think about this
0: about what my relationship with my wife
1: no, not that. Is it, no about this, the- about this. Like, oh,
0: the getting the vasectomy.
1: It's just yeah. I, the humorous part of it is that you don't understand why she's upset.
0: I no, I under. Well, what what gets me mad is that I was telling this other dude about a story about a dude that that this basically happened to, right? So it's I was like telling a, an accurate story and just trying to give the dude perspective. I wasn't telling it based on me, I was telling it based on the other dudes in the story. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah.
1: See, but you, you did get, just you say can... that you wouldn't get you wouldn't get it done either though.
0: Yeah, but yeah. this I mean, I, she's known that since day 1. I told her since we got together I'm not doing that ever. I mean, why? not since the first why, day. Why wouldn't
1: you do it? Why wouldn't you though? Is there Pat.
0: Yeah. We both know a guy, right? right. We both
1: know a guy. I who, think we, maybe it's different. I do know a guy, but is it someone that I know very, very well?
0: Yeah, you know him very well.
1: Okay, and then what happened? What, was, what happened?
0: Basically, uh, he got a vasectomy, and I don't know if he was married when he got it or after. I'm assuming when he was married, he ended up getting divorced, and then he found love again with a younger woman who wanted a family, so he had to go back and get it redone.
2: Yeah? Yeah. How much does it cost to do that procedure, you think? I have no idea.
1: Probably the same price as a PS5.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good guess. That's a good guess. It's
1: a PS5. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know for her. If that's what you're saying that it would be painful for this to happen?
0: Painful but, for who?
1: Well, painful is it cuz you don't want to do it cuz it's too painful or just
0: why don't I want to do it?
1: Well, I mean, no one wants to do it. But, I mean, in a sense, I've had friends do it. They don't even have kids just because they just want to make sure it just doesn't happen, which to me is baffling.
0: Yeah, that's baffling. You
1: know, like, I've gone all this way and not had kids. Like, now we're we're, we're doing whatever we can to have kids. So, I think...
0: Yeah. No, I just... uh... Like I said, I know a guy. I think maybe we should just leave it at that. I know a guy. And I'm <laughs> Where not is that echo it. coming from? By the way, I have no idea because there was no echo during the it's...
2: test. Hope it's not me. I'm new. I uh, <laughs> the first vasectomy was performed on a dog. If anybody cared to know.
0: Oh, you're looking it up for us. Thank you, Google Machine. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Bobby. Yeah.
3: No not problem. A
0: dog. Well, I was hoping they would test that on a human first. <laughs> yeah. That was nice of them. Yeah.
1: Well they first yeah. tested it on a woman.
0: <laughs> yeah. Was it a woman before it started though?
2: The dog's name was Cooper, if you were wondering. Wow. Well,
1: that's, that's an interesting Yeah, that is interesting pretty interesting.
2: Fact. Yeah. Thanks, Coop. <laughs> Thank you,
1: Coop. <laughs> so anyway, so uh the la- I think a couple shows ago we talked about the metal monolith that was found in southeast Utah.
0: Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and
1: Yeah, so an update there. So, yeah, there is an update on that. It was removed. They removed it. There's someone who – people that were there uh, as a group after some people left when they arrived. So they got this place all to themselves for, I think they said, 45 minutes to an hour, which is, you know, kind of amazing considering this has turned into, like, a really big deal. Like, a lot of people are going there, which that was their their fear. But, you know, these people were – looking this up on Google earth they and someone actually found it and went there and they gave the the I guess what do you call it the not the directions the um uh, location and people started going and so when they came they were there they said they heard some other people coming about an hour later and they decided you know it was dark out and they said it was a really cool moment they thought okay other people left before us we'll go ahead and let them have their alone time and we'll just leave and they came and the, the people, the guys came that came said, go ahead and soak it in right now because it's coming down. So, apparently, some people came to take it down because they did not want this much traffic in an isolated part of the desert, which is not equipped for having people travel there. So, when these people said they were surprised no one was there, when they looked all around, they saw cars all around this location. They said they even saw an airplane there. So,. It sounds like they did the right thing by taking this monolith down so people didn't start coming and people were going to get themselves hurt because a lot of people aren't really, you know, they don't understand the desert and traveling through the desert. So they took this thing down. Um, but now, monoliths are popping up everywhere. So there was one that popped up in Romania. And as just recently, the latest one popped up in... Uh, let's see. Where is it? In Pine Mountain, in Atascadero, at Atascadero, California.
3: Hmm. So,
1: yeah. In case anyone cares to know about monoliths,
0: is there anything written on the monoliths you know, or is it just plain old no, monoliths? Just metal
1: monoliths that reflect. And <clears throat> they did. People did say that when they finally took that monolith down, like they had to bend it one way, then they bent it the other way, then it finally came down. Like, I don't think it bent, but they were, like, jarring it from the dirt. They said that once it fell, it looked pretty cheap. Yeah. Like, it kind of came apart instantly.
2: That's upsetting. Yeah.
1: Were you planning on going there, Bobby?
2: I, uh, I feel like, yeah, I was. I I feel like, uh, I feel like there's more to the meets the eye there, so I, uh. Right. yeah know i wonder who did take it down i mean who did take it down did they see who took it down is there a picture of who it's took just it down three
1: guys I, from what it sounded like three it guys people that were with the the state like some kind of uh i don't know park ranger i guess the same the same people that were that initially saw it from a helicopter when they were counting
0: sheep see i would be more interested in who put it up
1: yeah. So well, they, they they assume it was for artillery. Yeah, and, and yeah, because it happened about five years ago, and they're able to confirm that because Google Earth two thousand fifteen didn't have it there, but it does in two thousand sixteen. So sometimes during that period in between those pictures is when it was put up. Hmm.
0: Mm. And w- and when when did that uh, pilot say they saw those tic tac UFOs? Is that around the same time or is that earlier?
1: Well, those was a Navy pilot. That was like in the early 2000s, mid-first oh, the first okay. decade of the 2000s. That's a completely...
0: Oh, it's interesting how you know so much about that, Pat. Well, did you
2: put it up, Pat? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I didn't know where else to put all this metal, so...
2: That's what Pat said.
1: That's what I did do. You know, I am I like anything. And then there's a like a, that phallic statue in Germany, or is that where it is? You guys know about that big phallic statue? A phallic statue? Yeah, it's just a big phallus. It's a big stone phallus, mm, and, and no. someone stole it. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's just like it was a big giant phallus, like as big as a man. It's that's gone. funny. Like,
0: like, what do you do when you steal something like that? Like, you invite oh, people can... over and be like, "Hey, look at my <laughs> you statue. You guys want to ride the?
1: You guys want to ride the stone? <laughs> like,
3: that's
1: just funny. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you twenty dollars if you let me sit on it for ten minutes." I don't know. It's well, a good like
3: question. What else? What else do with it? Just sit on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> big money there.
0: Uh, eBay. I want a bidding war on that.
1: Yeah. The phall- The big stone phallus. So yeah, that's pretty much it for the the monoliths and the phalluses and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you guys have any comments about the the phallus, or you guys want I
0: thought we just did comment on the phallus. It's fucking weird. <laughs> I, know, would steal that. I
1: thought there'd be so much more to, to comment on. Um, I, I mean, need to get more information about the big, the big. Stone, you know what? Phallus. If
0: if if you're gonna talk about big phalluses, maybe you should have a picture to put on our website, so everyone can go there and see it.
1: Yeah, yes, that's right. I'll, I'll I'll get the link. I'll see if it's in my web browser, <laughs> because oh yeah, that's how I found this. Um. And uh, yeah, it's pretty terrible, man. The phallus—he had to take the phallus. But I thought, for this. Uh, for today man I wanted to to do a, a game.
0: Really a game? Yeah.
1: You like games you, Bobby? You want to play a game?
0: I love games. Big fan. Good to hear. Do I get yeah. to be Matthew Broderick? I hope so, Tony. Okay. So I I would like to play a game. Yeah, young young man,
1: Matt- I almost missed that. Did
3: Wait, you did miss you, that?
2: I
1: did, oh, for a second, for a oh, second. Okay. But I I like where your head's at though because you're taking a quote from a movie and that's what this is. This is called um what's the next line movie quote game i just kind of made that up as i was saying it so i'm glad so you prepared
0: we are so professional
1: is, i don't know if i should name the movie before i do it the character i think i'm just gonna say the line oh no,
0: just say it we gotta see if you can we can get it just based off that
1: and then and then i'm gonna say the line and i want you to say the next line good shot cool okay. does that sound good Alright, here we'll start with the first one. This one should be a little easier, okay? So I'm gonna do the one line, then you're gonna one of you guys tell me what the next line is. You're in big trouble, though, pal. I eat piss, I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast.
2: You, you don't yep. talk to me. You eat pieces of shit for breakfast. You eat pieces of shit for breakfast.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, got, got it. Is that from the Breakfast Club? <laughs> the, the Shining.
1: Yeah, the, the Shining. It's from um, Happy Gilmore.
3: Oh,
2: um,
1: you're you're in big trouble though, pal. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. You eat pieces of shit for breakfast. Good job, Bobby. So, Bobby, that's one point for Bobby. All right. All right. So here's here's the next one, and uh, not not to foreshadow, but Tony, you should probably get this. Okay. Tony,
2: don't drop the ball.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I am Henry the Red, Duke of Shale, Lord of the Northlands, and leader of its people.
0: Well, buddy, you look like you're in charge of jack and shit, and Jack left town.
1: Oh, you know Is it what? Close? what? You're very close, and I, I'm okay. surprised you even got. To, I would never have got got this one. I knew the this one. though well, hello, Mister Fancy Pants. Oh,
0: that's right. Oh, hello, Mister Fancy Pants. Yeah. Well, it's I've like, got
1: news for you, pal. You ain't treading but two things. Or leading but two things. Right now, Jack and shit. And Jack just left town. I, you know what? I think we're going to give you a point for that. I what's the right point on, for that? I what should. is that
0: from? Army of Darkness. That's
1: from Army of Darkness. Oh, the
2: chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: All right, here we go. We're going to do the next one. All right. This little girl survived long enough Then. That with no weapons and no training. Why did you put her in charge? <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs>
1: Aliens. Yeah. Bill Paxton. Why don't Ooh. you put her in charge? <laughs> this little girl survived long enough. That's probably one of my favorite lines. And yeah. you know what? I still think Bill Paxton should have won an award of some kind for that role in Aliens. I mean, I mean, he was awesome. Game Pac- over.
3: Game over. <laughs>
2: yeah. Game over, man. Paxton, great American He was actor. great. Yeah.
1: Gone too soon, man. Gone too soon. All right, so we're two to one, Tony. All right, here we go. All right, everybody, be cool. This is a robbery.
2: Pulp Fiction.
0: I know it's Pulp
1: Fiction. Butt, what's the next line?
2: Oh, Annie, up, you f- fucking bitch move. I'm going to execute every... Motherfucking last one of you.
0: That's close enough. Yeah, I was going to say that couldn't get any better. Yeah, any of
1: you fucking pieces? Any of you fucking? I can't even read my own handwriting. Any of you fucking pricks move, and I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. That's a great movie. So now it's 2-2, and we have one more quote left. And here we go. Oh, my God, 37. My girlfriend sucked 37 dicks.
2: In a row? You can't <laughs> handle the truth. <laughs>
1: yeah. And Tony with the wind. Uh,
0: ah. Clark was a good... Do you know that because of that movie, whenever I see the number 37, it kind of freaks me out.
1: <laughs> so 36, well, including you. I'm
0: 37. 37,
1: yeah. yeah. Then the guy follows her out the door.
0: Yeah. Yeah. all right well great.
1: congratulations yeah, that w- tony that was the very first um say the next movie line movie quote game
0: thing. that was that was, a,
2: that was a great game thank you that Pat. was a that was Pat. an Pat. epic
1: battle there was a Pat. lot of a cli- lot of climaxing
0: wait a minute. i don't know about climaxing um well, so i, I sure got my something. rocks off
1: <laughs> yeah phallus goes missing climaxing's everywhere um So yeah, well, congratulations, everybody. Now moving along, we're gonna get to the next segment. That way, we can get right to the to the meat of this whole show, um, to Bobby L's uh, story. um, The last segment before we get into that, which we could have probably did did this at the beginning. I think we did this on the last show, but we had so many emails. So we've had so many emails now, and I don't know if people are being serious or what. But and there's, you know, I'll just say I don't find as many nice emails as there are. Mean ones, but um, I just we decided that it would it would be we would lose integrity. We want to keep the integrity of the show. So I think it's our duty to just go through each one of them in any order. We kind of open it. So I know that, Tony, you were going to pull three and I was going to pull three. Yep. And um, if you want, you can go ahead and start it off or whatever. Right.
0: OK, so our first letters from Joey Bean from Cats Hill, Vermont. He says, I love your show. Been listening since the first episode. You two guys sound like you know what you're talking about when it comes to women. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just recently got back into the dating game, and I was wondering if you had any grooming advice for me. Thanks, Joey B. Any what advice? Grooming. And I don't know what he means by grooming. Like taking bath showers, or is he? There's this this whole new thing like with uh, manscaping and shit. Right. Um, so is he talking about that? I don't fucking know. He wasn't very well. You
1: know, Bobby, are you well? I'm married. Tony, you married. We've been out of the yeah. dating game a while. Bobby, how about you? You, 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 uh, a bachelor? Are you single? Are you married? What's your deal?
2: I'm, I am single, uh, ready to, uh, not be. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I think, um, you know, my, um, uh, my advice to to your your email writer per, uh, person is uh, keep it trim. Keep it keep it trim. Um, you know, no one likes a fuzzy bunny. So. Uh,
1: so you're talking obviously downstairs area. So he's talking. Oh, to she, she
2: Oh yeah, uh, I would say yeah. Uh, um, uh, upstairs and downstairs. Yeah, good point, Pat. Trick. That's a good point. <laughs>
3: wow.
1: Well, I mean, I'm guessing, I mean, I assumed some things before on the show and I looked kind of stupid, so I didn't want to Mac when he says grooming, I did it. Um, I will say this though, it's a weird sensation when you first shave, I did it with the clippers kind of to the skin. First whoa, whoa, time, whoa,
0: whoa, 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 are you saying you shaved your balls? I've,
1: sha- I've shaved my pubic region, yes. Oh, Wow.
0: It's, uh, the balls
1: aren't really full it, of hair, believe it or not. Yeah, uh, it's, I it's was gonna hard. say. I but
0: just I thought with my balls it was just from all the chafing because my balls really aren't that hairy. That's above, uh, above
1: the above the schlong. It's a weird sensation at first. It feels sticky at first.
0: It's invigorating.
1: Yeah, and freeing. I was. Th- I sk- I don't remember if I used a I don't I didn't use a straight blade on onyx. I remember thinking that's there's no need for
2: me. Oh, this. you haven't risk. lived, Pat. You haven't lived.
1: You've used so, Bobby. You've used a straight, ra- a- a I, uh, straight blade.
2: Dad I have a lo- on the edge, dude. I have a literally. Um, I have a local barber I go to. He's spe- he specializes in it. Um, Get out of here. Yeah, yeah, Hank. Um, Wait, Great. what
1: is it? Is it like a service they provide, or is it like a friend? What What do you mean? Is this like...
2: Well, you know, I, I told them I've been doing it for uh, you know eight plus years, and uh, you know uh, the hand isn't isn't as steady as it used to be, and um, you know uh, uh, there is the waxing service available, but um, I, I don't like candles, and uh, you know um, I'm I'm more of a metal man myself, so. <laughs> Um, so he
1: shaves your shaves all around so does he shave do you have any hairs that grow from the shaft that he has to get with the razor or is the shaft some, hair sometimes
2: free? you know it varies from uh, man I can't how about male? the balls
1: how can I, you take you don't do balls razor to the balls though right
2: well it's it's a that's a little more of a um, sensitive <sighs> area and subject I have uh, you, oh come
1: on dude. Like, is this real you really like, did this
2: think of like when you shave a you know, an 80 year old man. Sometimes you just got to pull it straight. <laughs> you know, you got to pull the wrinkles. Who the hell and...
1: shaved an 80 year old man besides an 80 year old man?
2: Well, I uh, I work in a retirement community and, uh, oh. um, you know, uh, you got to shave. You got to shave sometimes. Oh, you know?
1: my God. That sounds terrifying. So you uh, did this. Did it hurt? Did feel you like... get cut? Like, well, now know.
2: it's just second nature. You know, it's like, you know. For right hanker
1: or what?
2: Well, I hope for Hank, but yeah, for me too.
1: But is this for a service that he actually provides at a place, or is this some that some guy just helps you?
2: Well, I mean, what do you want to hear here, Patrick? Well, uh,
1: I want to uh, hear the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a show of truth.
2: Oh well, then yeah, yeah. He, I, you know, it's 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 twenty dollars. Uh, I tip him um, four dollars. Sometimes, you know, sometimes more on the holidays. Um, but yeah, it, 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 I think the job gets easier the more you do it. Um, the hair doesn't grow in as thick, and you know. Um, oh my god! I so it does it. come
1: back thicker, though.
2: No, no, no. It, it it it's it's a little more uh, docile when it you know after it comes back <laughs> uh, over the years. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I can't I can't get this out of my head, and I need it to. I need to go eat a pizza. I need it to eat a non vegan meal. I think so. Mm-hmm. You are okay. So going back to the to who's the guy that emailed us Tony what's his name?
0: Joey Bean. Bean Joey
1: Bean. Yeah. Um Yeah, go shave your fucking balls. Go yeah. to go go to Hank. What where do you what part of the nation do you live in Bobby?
0: He was Cats skill Cats Hill something like that Vermont.
1: Wait, what's his name? Bobby Bean? Joey Bean. How about Bean. you Bobby? Where are you from?
0: I'm in Phoenix.
1: Okay, so you guys, yeah, you probably won't be able to. Bob, uh, this guy, Joe, Joey Bean, won't be able to go to Hank. I'm assuming Hank's in Phoenix.
2: I like to think there's a you know a Hank in every every town. He just gotta well, he's gotta look, you know. But well, if, how, if, what would he do?
1: What to would, would he stay away? You know, <laughs> go your local...
2: To... build a relationship with your local barber, and just you know throw it out there. Um, you know, uh, uh, you can certainly look online. And uh, if he's not, you know, afraid of candles like myself, there's always waxing, you know, a wax service. Well, that's a
1: whole other fear, because I feel like when my ball sack gets wet and you pull on it, I feel like it could just go on for days. And if you use the, the little the wax or the pulling the pulling off with, with the tape or whatever that is, I feel like it would just the balls would just not unstick itself from that.
2: You'd be surprised, Pat. You'd be surprised. The balls I mean, I mean, are very like if you have that skin,
1: it'd be like a giant flap of skin hanging down to your feet. You can you imagine your balls hanging down to your feet. Your, your, I don't want my testicles getting straightened out, my ball sack skin. I need it to stay nice and tight and scrunched up. The older I get, the bigger well, make, my balls
2: get. It's terrible. Make sure you wear loose underwear because you gotta keep those muscles going. You know. Yeah, well, maybe you're right.
1: Okay, so yeah, go find a Hank and your in your light, go, go have a discussion with your local barber, see what happens. If not, man, I think just trim it. Get a different trimmer. Buy a new trimmer for your face and use your old trimmer for the balls.
0: Yeah, and I think the no-talc body powder is okay to throw down there too, right? As long as there's not talc in it. It's well, up for debate. Because uh, the talc, they said, is cancerous, right? Right. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: Stay probably I don't know, throw some baking flour down it, in there.
2: It feels so good. Almond flour I heard is good. Really? Unless you have a nut al- allergy, but uh Well
1: Oh Yeah, that's man, interesting. I, I use does baby powder now still have talc powder or the talc in it or whatever? Or is no that, uh on, no right?
2: no bueno. You don't want to you don't want to yeah. use the baby powder.
1: But so that still has it. It still has that shit in it?
0: Jobs. I would think so. I don't you know. know.
1: How do they have all these lawsuits but they still put it in there are they still trying to say no this doesn't do anything this is, does not cause cancer I don't know well okay yeah Billy or Joey go Dude. go do your you know yeah. I'm keep the it. wrong guy go keep take it. a shower I don't know this guy might not even know take a shower dress your clothes
0: you know what Joey should just do go fucking ask some girls what they like just ask yeah them.
1: talk to a girl yeah. talk to a girl I don't know like we're telling you things girls' probably listening going well, I don't know if there's any girls listening to this, but they're probably shaking their head going, What the hell? You know, and if any girls listening, get on the show. Get up, go over here and help us out. You know, Tony will be nice. Don't worry about Tony. Tony's a very nice person. He talks a big game. That's kind of mean. Tony, yeah. Yeah, that was unnecessary. But yeah, I'm not come on the show. You. Tell us. Tell us. Maybe we'll try to get this guy on the show. I don't know. Did you leave okay. a number or anything?
0: No, just an email. No. Yeah. I, th- We'd I, think be- this, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, up. Take yeah, take a shower. shower. Yeah, what? take a shower and brush your teeth. You should be okay. Thoughts, All right, Bobby? let's go to let's go to your emails. <laughs> We've helped Joey out enough.
1: I know that was a crazy. We just kept going. I don't know. The, the whole I keep thinking of razors blades to the balls. Okay, this is from Leslie. From uh, she. This is from Leslie. And she lives in Michigan Upper Peninsula. I heard you guys want to hunt Bigfoot. Interested in an expedition this summer?
0: I'd go hundred percent, man. Why not? Fuck it, let's do it.
1: So, if you see Bigfoot, would you shoot him?
0: No, I'd probably try to take a picture, then run my ass off. Which is kind of funny. Him. <laughs> You'd shave him with it with a straight blade,
2: right? <laughs> Yep, good clean shave.
0: Put him
1: to sleep and shave him to see if it's just a man under all that hair. We a big you're, big man.
2: You're, you're making a friend for a lifetime and you give him a good shave. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, I yeah, I, I, I don't know, like I'd like to go on a Bigfoot expedition, but I just don't think I'd just shoot something I don't even know. Pat, how like. much
2: would it take for you to go down on Bigfoot? Ballpark. Go down? Ballpark. Down, just down to the valley. You mean, like, no. go
1: down on him, like, sexually?
2: Yeah. yeah. If someone no, paid you to go I down can't. on Bigfoot, would there be a price?
1: <laughs> no. Well, Pat, no, because th- I have dreams it. for that forever. Then I would have to de- double that money to pay for the memories to be erased from well, my brain.
0: Well, think about it this way. If he's part of the ape family, I guess apes, gorillas in general, I think. I don't know if gorillas are an ape. But anyway, has a very small penis for its body size. So maybe Bigfoot's long isn't that big. Here, let me put it like so, this. So maybe maybe I'm be not like, gonna go uh, down uh, on Bigfoot
1: really. or Mrs. Bigfoot either. So it's not anything to do oh, with dude, you. Oh know. dude,
0: for the right money, totally. Mrs, Mrs. Bigfoot. Yep. Yep. I'm for Mrs. the right Bigfoot. amount of money? Hundred percent. What do you think, Tony? $5,000? <laughs>
2: thousand? Ten thousand? Twenty?
0: Uh, thirty. 000. Thirty thousand. Thirty thousand. You go down on Bigfoot for thirty thousand? On Mrs. Bigfoot. I'm not doing oh. dudes. I don't <laughs> do dudes. Come on. I've... You'd be
2: there's or, a, or, there's or, a or. Pri-
1: you have a price tag on that.
2: Mm-hmm. I'd go 29000 just to outbid you, Tony. Well, if oh, really? everyone says there's a price yeah.
1: here, I'll, I'll also say if my family was in a fire and the only way to save them was to go down on Bigfoot. <laughs> You'd do just, it. <laughs> they're <laughs> burning. I would cry and tell them. Like, like see <laughs> you in hell. <laughs> oh, man. Bigfoot's yeah.
3: laughing. Yeah.
1: I don't want to be part of that expedition. I don't think it's going mean, to It was just like...
0: You, know what, if For, you I was, know
1: what? I'll go, but you know what? It's going to be a bunch of crazy people with guns.
0: I was going to say, if I'm going with my, all my buddies and stuff, dude, I think it'd be a good time. Yeah, but you how about that, a bunch of
1: strangers who've been spending their entire life?
0: I don't know, man. They, they might be a good time. To kill a
1: Bigfoot. To kill. You don't even know this thing. But
0: wait a second. It's definitely to kill it or just to see if you can find one. She
1: said hunt Bigfoot. I guess I you can hunt I, for something and not kill it, right? Yeah, I don't think you these throw it would, back
0: into the water after you catch it. These people hunting Bigfoot, I don't think they mean hunt to kill it. I think they, they want to oh. find proof of it. I don't think they...
1: Uh, I'll do that as long as no one has firearms in this woods. To, not that I feel like yeah, well, someone's going to find a Bigfoot and kill him. I mean, these things you can't find anyway. These things are impossible to find. Only a rare few privileged people have seen Bigfoot. So yeah, oh, okay, I'll consider it. Let's we're gonna make, make the we're gonna plan it anyway, right?
0: Yeah, I think we should talk about it. I know there's uh somewhere in Ohio that they supposedly have had a few um, Bigfoot sightings. I can come out and visit you out there.
1: Well, I know Indiana has. There, there's a whole thing with the Indiana Bigfoot page. There's I think in Pennsylvania. There's a lot of them in the Northwest. Minnesota apparently, our last one of our last guests, talked about seeing him in Minnesota, right?
2: Yeah, they saw them. In the yeah. flesh.
1: Wow. Well, they saw him with a night vision.
2: Oh, okay.
1: A heat or a heat sensor.
2: Sure. And you, you think that's they my question. It was behind a
1: tree, too, but I don't know. I still have a lot of questions about that. But I, they... I believe that he believed he saw one. That he, he believed he thinks he saw one anyway. But I mean, the guy's been doing this for a long time. I don't know why he
2: would lie about seeing Bigfoot. you think he
0: would have blown him?
1: <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think this guy would have, no.
0: No, not this, not this individual, no. No,
1: he is not. Definitely not a, a Bigfoot blower. Miss, miss, miss out. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, Leslie, thanks Thanks for your email. We appreciate it. Um, what's the next email you got over there?
0: All right. This one comes from Greta Flamberg who actually lives in Elgin, Illinois. Really? Pretty close to me. Yeah, can you believe this? Huh. Uh, Greta writes, I found you guys while searching for alien abduction stories. I found you both entertaining and knowledgeable. I was wondering your opinion on dating older women since I'm somewhat of a cougar myself. What qualities do you look for in an older woman? Fucking A. Older. Um. Pat, dude. <laughs> yeah. Pat, Pat. Pat. Age, yeah. <laughs> Birth dude, certificates, dude, dude, dude. We're making a certain demographic horny, dude. I'm I, it's more, uh, I, I'm more of s- a hey, pr-
2: snow leopard I,
1: I, I feel, I feel like, um, I feel like there's. I, I, I want to tell myself it's because of how, how sexy we truly are. But then I just think maybe there's just a lot of crazy people out there.
0: You're ruining the I, dream, I don't know. dude. I,
1: but look, we're, we're both Italian guys. We've said yeah. it before.
0: Chicks I mean, just, uh, did they we're both the very charming. Sausage, man?
1: Huh? I'm, not, I'm the vegan cannoli. That, so my question, what's her name? Greta. Greta. I yeah. love the name Greta. So Greta, mm-hmm. here's my question. Is you more of an Italian sausage kind of cougar or a, a, a vegan cannoli? <laughs> I'm sitting here as if she's gonna reply, but yeah, yeah. So but, yeah, so get she,
0: back to us. I want to hear more. Yeah, but or, yeah, uh, what what we look for in an older woman? Like if we were gonna get with an older woman, like
1: I think that older women possess a sexiness, something yeah. where they just know, like they could just. It's like they're they would they don't they don't need to put up a whole front because they already know. They don't need. They, they're, they they they've got through the gatekeeper okay they're already at the decision maker they just need to close the deal and that's what they're good at yeah so i think that's the thing that is intriguing and i think a lot of them have that quality so beyond that i would just see about what kind of youthfulness yeah. to have playfulness
0: but, yeah i think she might think that we're younger than we are though
1: well you know we're both in our you know mid 20s yeah and <laughs> <You know.
0: laughs> sure
1: so let her think whatever she wants to think Tony we don't need yeah. to bring up her
0: age I want to be honest Pat I like money 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 an older woman like how old are you I would, like, how I old would are pay you Greta? money to see a Did woman you like... pay you money for your hair services I was uh, going to like... say dude how old are you Greta are you like 90 <laughs> got some money so I'm, that's I'm cool. willing to come over
1: Hey, I'm no, not.
0: I'm I, I don't I'm kidding
1: <laughs> I think Bobby has something to say about all this.
2: Yeah. I'm all ears. Um I would certainly date uh, any woman right about now. I, <laughs> but uh you know if I were to pick Greta uh, uh one of my favorites is is just a an older uh gal in uh, in just a nice silk robe, just a open-faced satin silk <laughs> robe um and uh uh, and and possibly some some uh, Virginia Slims cigarettes. Um. Oh,
1: it was kind. I'm starting to see the picture. Oh, I've
0: seen it too. Is is it yeah. creepy or?
2: Oh, it's hot, Tony. It's real yes. hot. Yeah. Open face, <laughs> so sauntering cool. around the trailer and uh, or duplex or anywhere really. <laughs> Get a bathtub rolling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of bubbles.
1: Um, oh man. Greta, uh, nice, sexy, can,
2: raspy voice. My information's available.
1: Uh, yeah, well, if, she, if yeah, if you want Bobby's information, Greta, let us I'm know. I'm not
2: a cannoli of the vegan sorts or uh, Italian sausage, but I'm a solid potato taco. Um, Wait, what? A salad potato taco? No, solid. A hard potato taco.
0: Oh, so oh. you're
1: Irish-Mexican?
2: Yeah. Oh, Okay.
1: Wow, that's interesting you got that. I was trying to envision a solid potato med taco. It sounded vegan and just wondered if it was
0: delicious.
2: We'll take it and run with it, Pat. Uh, I Man, think, I'm going to uh, run.
1: Well, I'll run as hard as I can.
2: A, a tostada.
0: You might pass out, dude. Uh,
1: there's no doubt. I'll pass out. I'm almost passing out thinking about it. No. I'm trying to hold myself, hold myself up in the chair. Uh,
2: <laughs> satin silk robe. I got gotcha. you. <laughs>
1: I'll go to my next one. That was a say. Um,
0: you, you had me at Virginia Slims. Yeah. I had yeah. It.
1: She's a woman. Could have been like yeah, The same, same conversation woman. would have happened if it was uh, a man. How are you guys like older men? Well, I mean, uh, uh, it could mm. have been a
0: warm watermelon.
1: <laughs> I'll put the uh, tomato in the microwave for about 20 seconds.
2: <laughs> mm, nice and yeah Boy. nice
1: and just ready to go. It's like a half cooked Cornish all right so my next email uh, i got is a, i date. have a
2: i have an email oh Pat, really Pat. what you i want uh, yeah i mean if we're sharing here uh, it's you? it's from okay. patricia i've been on a dating app and uh patricia says bobby uh please stop emailing me i got your 14 other ones uh please stop that's all she said
1: oh man so is, uh-huh. so this is so, Bobby, tell tell us what what is
2: uh. I think I came have on to too tell strong. Us how how what? old are you? Thirty eight.
1: So, have you been in a relationship to, uh, before? Tell us about a past relationship you were in.
2: Uh, hit or miss. I, I've had a couple short lived. Um, uh, played the field for many years. Um, you know, uh, retirement home. Yeah, I don't meet too many. You know, it's uh, a lot of uh, wild cards in the retirement home community, I should say. Well, you work at a retirement home, you mean, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Sorry.
0: Uh, I was just going to say, so you were shitting where you eat? A couple times, Tony. I'm not uh, proud of it. uh, So you date some
1: of the other employees over at the retirement home is what you're saying, right? No,
0: Pat. Uh, I don't think that's what he means.
2: I I wasn't lying when I like, you know, I like a a refined. I have a refined palate. Um, oh. You know when you when I, you uh, when you meet someone with a story to tell, I I think uh, you know I like to listen, and uh, that's kind of.
1: What uh, what are some of the things they tell you?
2: Oh, Pat. I think we need now a, a longer podcast for that, but uh, just you know stories of the world of of life living. So um, you mean I, it's kind I, of
1: like a a, a non romantic, non intimate sexual oh, no. kind of?
2: Oh no, there's sex, there's sex. Yeah, you got to watch it though. You got to wrap it. You know, STDs <laughs> oh, are the most rampant in retirement homes.
1: Oh my god, dude, is this a real thing? Can't you get in trouble for this?
2: They don't care.
0: You know? <laughs> I think he's talking about the people who own the place.
3: Oh, oh, right. Oh, man. oh
0: I missed oh. that. Well,
3: well that's I, good, man. Yeah, they oh, don't. Man. They
2: don't. They don't. Um, they, it's. I didn't mean to yet.
1: laugh, Bobby. I'm sorry. Yeah,
2: it's still. It's <laughs> but,
0: okay. I mean, uh, but
1: if this is real and I mean look If that's your thing As long as You know they are It's consensual right Yeah it's, they're Consulting
0: adults I mean Can't get much more Of an adult right
2: Exactly uh, You know And Nothing gets me going Like a great depression story um,
0: you, you mean uh, For like the 20s Yeah
2: Oh yeah Yeah um, Yeah But uh, Yeah it's best not to tell uh, The higher ups So uh, You know Have you ever been caught?
1: Have you ever gotten in trouble for this?
2: It's been close. Um, Definitely uh, lock the door. Well, there's no locks, but if you put a chair up in there, you can, you know, chances are you get some, a little bit of uh, time to get your things together. Um,
1: Oh, man. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing the email.
2: Um, Yeah. um, Yeah. Um, Patricia.
1: Yeah, thanks for, thank you. Yeah, and,
0: uh, and uh, thank you. That I probably to need a lawyer now, cause yeah, fun. we have nothing to just, do with this, by the way. Yeah, we I don't just, know. I think I We're just, just uh, heard a confession, but uh.
3: yeah, well, here's anyway, the next yeah. email.
1: Uh, this is Jermaine from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, how much money do you guys need to stop doing this show, dude? Seriously, what did we say about this? No, you dude, that, like you say, said, dude,
0: Pat. Everyone has a price. Fifty grand. I'm done, dude. <laughs> Fifty grand, <laughs> I'm good with that.
2: But you'll, but you'll blow, uh, you'll blow the, uh,
0: the. Uh, no, I didn't. I no, I would go down on Mrs. We oh, have you
1: recorded okay. as that you would go 20, down on 30, Mr. Thousand. Bigfoot. No, I Bigfoot would no, 30, That's
0: not what he said. Show done for fifty. Okay, all <laughs> yeah. right. I'm, I'll, I'll write that down. Yeah, yeah. Mrs. Bigfoot thirty grand.
1: There's a oh, price misses. for me on here. Oh. I mean, look, obviously we know the guy's not serious. He's just being an asshole. And you know what? And that's fine. Like I said, I'm fine with critiques, but if people can like send us what you don't like, you know what? No, then, you know what? fuck it. That's funny. Ha ha. Jermaine, that was real funny. Good job, buddy. You have a life in comedic. Well, emails. what's
0: funny is that his name's Jermaine. Hey, he took the time to write you guys, <laughs> you know,
2: that's, that's nice. Jermaine, that's a nice thought.
1: Yeah, it was. Thanks for the offer. Um, Jermaine, so uh, uh,
2: so fifty thousand eat- from Tony. What about from you, Pat? How much are you going down for?
0: I'm still not doing it. You want to go down on misses? Like I just for money, dude. You saw the coronavirus. A
1: big, the coronavirus happened from a, supposedly eating a bat. What do you think you're going to get? Yeah, from doing but Bigfoot's
0: Bigfoot supposed to be like a humanoid.
1: Could you imagine having like a co like a COVID gonorrhea twenty two?
0: Oh, dude! That's I the last it,
1: thing we need spreading around right now.
0: I I did have an itch once. I had an itch, man. So,
1: well, you know what? I did too. I once had a little bit of something happening. I had to test my my worst nightmare with the thing that goes down into the pee hole.
0: Yeah, when I was young. That's and come to
1: find out, I didn't even have anything.
0: Yeah, dude. So you, I think like, they just oh, like you have to have I, sex. To I think they that. just like doing that shit to punish you for having premarital sex. No,
1: I don't yeah, know, I man. Think, the doctors—they'll yeah, take all is. the money they. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's probably it, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you, Doctor Yahweh. Um,
2: oh um, Jesus. I meant going down, not doing the podcast anymore. But I do appreciate, you know, circle and going back down. To the, so to the go, going
1: down, I can't. I'm not. I don't have a price. I, I can't. Even if I did, I'm. Not, I can't, I can't. After all well, this you, time, th- there
0: dude, you go, dude. Sometimes, dude, you're just acting like a big pussy when you stop. Give your no, how about
1: price. this then? Let's Give make it a real price. question.
3: Price.
1: I'm not doing it. Okay, fine. Whatever. My life, like I told you, my burnt, my family could be in a fire, and they have like <laughs> they have the ability of being pulled out of the fire.
2: He is not that quitting like, this podcast, eh. Jermaine. He's not. He's not going to yeah. suck off a Bigfoot, and he's not going to stop this podcast. There's your answer.
1: Okay, you know what? There is a price. Oh. It would be for a. 24 ounce blackened ribeye medium rare. If that was in front of me,
2: so like 80 bucks per cooked perfectly,
0: okay.
1: You know what? Yeah, you know, I'd go with the long bone, you know, the one with the big
0: ribs. Of course, you would, you would go with the long bone. Well,
1: you see, if you don't know your steaks, then obviously you don't know what I said, but you had to turn into sexual. Who does that? Who turns things into phallic things? I do oh, everything. You never dude, never everything. mind everything I do, dude. <laughs> I just gave a whole new story about phalluses for like an hour. My monolith um, is hard. So yeah, I'll do it for a black and ribeye. Bone in. <laughs> that
0: doesn't help. No,
3: it does. All
1: right, what's the next email, man? So yeah, I do. I probably have a price, man. I just
3: All don't right. know what it is.
0: And then the last one I picked was from Dan Corey from Florida. You sound like assholes. I want to fight you. Okay. Right. not bitch. I'm sure you do. Try to find me, dickhead. Yeah, try to find <laughs> where I live. Well, yeah. no, seriously, find where I live, Dan Corey from Florida. Yeah, fuck I'll find a Dan, a guy named with Dan Corey. Yeah, his name is Dan Corey. Well, that's what we said his name is. Fuck him. But you know, let's, what let's an asshole this. puts his name on here. What a bitch. All fuck this bitch. Just right.
1: fuck it. No, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go to Florida and find him. So we have no positive. I have one more
2: email. Here
1: we what go. do
0: you mean no positive? I think the first two emails were very positive. They were they were no, asking you're for your right.
2: opinion.
0: You're right. They're I'm right.
1: not
2: listening. I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, you know, Cause you took the time. Dan, you took the time yeah. to, to write. That's that's nice.
0: You know what? Dan probably just needs a fucking friend, and he doesn't know how to get a friend. And yeah. so all his <clears throat> actions are, like, um, you know, hostile because he doesn't know how to act in public.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah? No,
1: I'm, s- well, I'm sorry, Dan, Corey. Uh Let's go out to lunch, and then maybe we can fight there. If He's he
0: pays. Well,
1: how about that? he yeah. pays. A nice bone-in ribeye.
0: No, I just, let's We'll Cut go off for fucking burritos, up. and then we'll fight in the parking lot. a <laughs> we'll fucking fight, <laughs> fight club.
1: Oh, shit. After burritos, that'd be a pretty bloody Fine, before bloody we'll, we'll fight, bloody and then sharks. we'll go.
0: We'll fight and then get burritos. I think, you know, it's probably better. You fight, then go get food. Yeah, then we can have burritos and talk about
1: how great it was to be too out of breath to finish the fight. I don't know. Maybe Dan Corey is, like, really in shape and just kicks our ass. Probably not. Okay, good. So, all right, here's my last email. Dear Pat and Tony, are you guys former lovers or something? My guess is Pat broke it off with Tony. Hmm. Doug from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. See, this is what we get for reading emails.
2: Mm-hmm. So, what's the answer?
1: But, but, the, but it's funny. No, we're 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 good friends. Yeah. But it's funny because ah, he assumes that just, I broke it off with Tony. So, I guess he, it,
0: it probably would be like that because I'm just I'm too lazy to break things off anyway.
1: <laughs> I know people like yeah. this. I I've yeah. met these people. They're like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, just, they don't even care. Yeah. I actually saw a divorce like that one time. Kind of. Oh, really? Very, yeah. It was very interesting. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of depressing almost because the person almost kind of got sad, but they're like, oh, yeah. And then <laughs> I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I I don't want to tell you more because then it might reveal. And for some reason, these person. Yeah. Never, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to tell the story, but I wish I could. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good job. Thanks for the emails, guys. Keep yeah. them coming.
0: <laughs> yeah, great. I, I, I'm to the point. Yeah, just send us anything. I don't give a shit. Tell me you hate me. I don't care. Send us
1: a picture or something. Share a moment. Uh, go back to the audio clips. At least we could hear yeah. your voice.
2: Greta called you know. me. Greta, Greta.
0: She called you already. Or you no, want I to call just
2: you? I'm just uh, reminding her. That the, okay. Yeah, that Greta. An
0: yeah. Um, if you're listening, please uh, send us your number, and we'll get you in touch here.
1: Yeah. Sounds like a, maybe a match made in heaven. So speaking of which, the so I mean I guess the the highlight of the show, Bobby, you've got to sit in with us. You've had a a chance to be part of the show. How you are you having a good time so far?
2: I'm having a great time. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, been yeah. a real a real treat. Uh, Absolutely, yeah.
1: you are you are quite a character, my friend. I have to tell you, you are quite the character. You've a, I actually found myself laughing at you when I felt like maybe I shouldn't be laughing right now. You know. With, the whole retirement home lot. stuff. I and, get that a lot. But uh, you feel like you seem like a very genuine, nice
2: guy. I'm an open you know, book, Patrick. I'm an open book.
1: Yeah, um, it seems like it. Um, and, you know, we appreciate you coming on here. Uh, I know there's a very intimate uh, life situation. Uh, I, I guess an alien alien abduction, right? That you came on the show to, to kind of tell your story. So I guess before I get into a whole bunch of questioning and everything like that, you know, tell us a little bit about, well, first of all, where where, you said you're from Arizona. Is it you from there your whole life?
2: Uh, Scottsdale area. but I live in Phoenix. I live in Phoenix.
1: Yeah. So is this where you saw the, the Bigfoot? Or, (laughs) looks at me, is that, is that where the alien abduction happened? Holy shit.
2: It actually, it was, uh, down South. Um, I'm, uh, a spring break in Puerto Penasco, Mexico. So
1: uh, this was a one-time deal.
2: Well, yeah, I've not been abducted twice. Uh, I've gone back to the scene, uh, uh, you know, in search of a second, second go, Um, really, or just clues. Um, But no, just once, just once, and. That's all it took. Well, and
1: you know what? And I have to apologize because I'm about ready to ask, like, when this happened. We already... I'm trying to put a timeline together. I did a very inappropriate thing by asking your age earlier. I guess I was trying... I guess I could have gotten to certain points without ever asking someone's age, so I apologize.
2: That's okay. Um, I'm I'm comfortable. But, I'm
1: but we know now that you're 38, right? Now, what... So, did you, were you down there for... You said, like, spring break. Was this high school, college?
2: College, 2002.
1: Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um And... So you went there, was it with friends?
2: Um, Or like family? Yeah, Yeah, it was a cousin and, uh, uh, you know, a couple of of guys from college. Um, So there was three of us. Uh, So was
1: it there you guys were going to go have like a party time, drinking, um, try to have, you know, just young person, reckless behavior, hopefully maybe have some kind of uh, romantic... Rendezvous with strangers, kind of thing.
2: I mean, all the all the above, Patrick. It was it was you know, uh, uh, the pursuit of a of a happening, good time, a spring break, lively, uh, you know, head head to the south, this to south of the border, and mm-hmm. and uh, experience life, drink it up, you know. Um,
1: okay. Now, is this? Uh, where is this? What part of Mexico is this?
2: It's uh, it's um about, uh, eight hours south of, uh, Tucson. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's on the Gulf side and, okay. um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's north of Puerto Veriarte and, um, it's, uh, Puerto Penasco, uh, in English is a uh, rocky point. There's a lot of pointy rocks in the, that area. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, uh, you know, uh, had, had had a few too too many coronas uh, my first night, and um, I woke up and I couldn't quite, um, I, you know, I just couldn't quite get to sleep, tossing and turning, and I uh, I decided I'd go out for a walk on the beach, okay, and uh, you know uh, maybe 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 run into that special someone or just take in the stars. So this yeah. was like early, what was this,
1: four in the morning at this point? I mean, you'd already drank, you passed out, I guess. You kind of woke back up.
2: Yeah. yeah. By painting
1: the picture, right? So it's pretty dark outside, right?
2: It's dark, yeah. it's Weather uh,
1: nice? What time of year was it?
2: Well, it was spring, spring break. Spring break, so, yeah. Okay. I, I believe the moon was under half, so it wasn't a bright moon. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and you uh, just
1: decide no one knows you leave? Were you, were you guys staying no, near the no. near the ocean? No,
2: we couldn't afford that. Well, but, you know, a, a, a good walk, you know, not too far. It was, you know, a couple blocks from from the ocean. and I mean,
1: uh, you, Obviously, you're a little yeah. bit fearless. You, uh,
2: I mean, oh, I've thanks. heard
1: stories. I've been to Mexico, and they always say kind of stay on the resort or stay close to something because you never know what kind of stuff can happen in any, any foreign country, right? But apparently you weren't worried about this.
2: Well, it's a, it's a party town, you know, in the spring break and a lot of ASU and UA kids are down there and yeah, I guess I didn't, I didn't think too much of it. I was, you know, 19 and just looking for, looking for a good time. Um, so there I was walking on the beach and dusting my toes into, into the, into the water and, and, uh, and a big light kind of came and, uh,
1: like from what, from the sky?
2: I, uh, it kind of, I, I'm going to say yes, but, um, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it kind of felt like it was coming from inside me. Um, but it, 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 I'm assuming it came from above, uh, and, uh, and, and then it, it froze me. I fro. I, you know, my heart, my heart was racing and then kind of. Uh, everything kind of went into slow motion a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I heard a, a, a loud, loud, a loud screeching sound and, um, and then it went black and okay. it was, it was cold and, uh, I could feel like, uh it was very moist and, uh, a lot of, uh. Squishy ground, and um,
1: so you were standing still,
2: it, yes, I, I, it's hard to explain, I, I, it's almost like an out of body experience, um, but uh, um, I, uh, you know, I could hear heavy breathing, and uh, uh, you know, uh, I could it, almost hear. I, talking but it wasn't talking and um and then the lights came in again and um and after that it gets a little a little blurry pat and tony i you know uh i i can't say that i woke up and a sheet and um I, uh, I, uh, I didn't go back to the hotel room and, and I, uh, I, I hitchhiked back to, back to Arizona.
1: Was it daytime at this point?
2: At this point it was daytime. That is Any correct.
1: Were people on the beach or anything? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't mean to laugh at you, but so you, you're, did you have your clothes on still?
2: Uh, no, I just the sheet.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what kind of sheet was it?
3: It was
2: cotton, I believe, Tony. Um, po- I've you know, looking back now, possibly some polyester in there too, but so predominantly, you know predominantly cotton. Yeah.
1: So you put, you didn't bring this sheet with you? you just no,
2: I didn't have a sheet. I was was just, it
1: wet or was it dry?
2: Just in my chonies. Um, <laughs> it was uh it was moist. there was a lot of moisture <laughs> happening in uh, in the uh, in the evening Well um, did this
1: happen again or anything? you said you went back to the site? Did anything happen when you went back?
2: I got a sensation, and my hairs did stand up, but nothing again like that. Um, you know uh it took me a long time to open up and talk about this and share with others and you know, um, actually, you know, a woman at the retirement home, uh, really showed me how to, how to be open with myself. And, and that led me to be, tell my truth, you know?
1: Yeah. Was and, she uh, the first person you told about this?
2: She was. Yeah. And, uh, she told me to share my story, tell the story, tell it. People need to know, you know, we're not alone and we're not alone right now and in uh the world universe you know but we're not alone now either so you're just not alone you know it's uh there's there's always somebody
1: yeah well you know bobby thank you very much for sharing your story thank you very much i appreciate tony thank you for listening do you have any any questions for bobby l um before we introduce our other guest Nothing,
0: nothing. You said nothing was sore when you were uh, done. Like,
2: uh, are you referring to anything in particular, Tony, or
0: like any, like my calves? I think yeah, you know from the walking. Yeah, I think
2: there was some strain in the calf region. Uh... Um, you know, uh, um, I, 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 you know, my, I remember my wrist being a little sore. Yeah, yeah, um, but I, you don't.
0: Uh, you didn't wake up next to a frozen pizza or anything, did you?
1: I wish.
2: I wish. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: a thawed pizza that was once frozen.
2: Oh. yeah. Um, no, just the sheet. Just me and the sheet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like a oh. ghost. Like you were partying.
0: Well.
3: Thanks
1: again, Bobby L. Uh, So I kind of want to. I want to introduce another another guest to the show, or another another guest to the show. Another, yeah, I guess that's it. Another guest to the show. Um, his name is Ken Peterson, and he has actually been on the show as Bobby L. This entire time. Ken Peterson. Oh wow! We played a joke on our audience.
0: Oh, dude, I was duped. (laughs) Duped. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god
1: got
2: you good you fuckers oh, <laughs> <Yes>. man. <laughs> Look what. man yeah.
1: so yeah so any guest who ever wants to come on the show I would never laugh at you anything like that I know Ken
2: Pat you were so but insensitive I, you just uh, laughed I at feel, poor Bobby You just. I felt bad
1: him. for doing it I'm like wait a minute this isn't real Ken, this is Ken <laughs> He told sharing, me going to... Sharing this.
2: his hopes, dreams, and fears with you and yeah. his, his love life.
0: Just, just laughing yeah. laugh what You know what, though? But the whole
1: time, though, Ken Peterson's been the been the character. Yeah. And you really are Bobby L.
0: <laughs> but a part of me kind of really hopes there is, you know, a Bobby out there <laughs> You know, just it, straight it, shaving his balls somewhere. Straight shaving his balls <laughs> and giving giving some love. <laughs> <by> Hank giving <laughs> some love to some elderly people <laughs> who don't get love but really want it. Yeah, you know? right. You know what I'm saying they gotta. They just there's gotta be they gotta want it, right? I mean,
2: I mean he's just a, he's just a listener and a lover, you know. Yeah. And yeah, we gotta you know there's a warm place in our hearts for for that guy.
1: Yeah, um, there is. As long as it's s- consensual, you know. You know, <laughs> <laughs> spreading, spreading COVID and herpes.
0: All the same. Shot. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, one uh, will get cured soon. Um, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> herpes you, nineteen. Like, like, there's all these dudes
0: with herpes that can't believe that COVID's going to get a vaccine before the herp. there like, like <laughs> there's
2: some. There Got to be some protests for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is some bullshit.
1: Uh, I was like, if I could have a mask for my balls. Um, yeah, no, we can arrange can't. that. I guess there is. It's called a condom. All right. Yeah, my bad. So, yeah, Have you ever? Uh, oh, Ken. I, I mean, dude. So, so Tony, you know, kind of the story. So Ken Peterson and myself go way back.
2: Way back, sis.
1: Way back, since so my first. So Tony knows when I went out to California. You know, I had a lot of people who really were encouraging when I was made made to move out to. To Southern California after doing the stand up and doing the things I was doing in Chicago. And my first week in Los Angeles, I went to an Iron Man sketch comedy audition at some uh, local Hollywood theater. And it was my f- kind of, I had some other thing I had lined up, small time thing lined up when I got there. And I went to this thing. And unbeknownst to me, that pretty much I would say 80% of the people that were part of the sketch comedy group that we that booked the show, right are people I still talk to 15 years later and have done work with. and it was like I, I it was like almost if you ever involved in projects out in Southern California, it's you know like a thing where you're on part of a project where you, you keep contact with one person. but it's several people I became very dear friends with. Ken was one of three people that we did a lot of work with and continue to work with after this. And there were some others also. Uh, so that's how I know Ken. And um, I'm not going to ruin the rest of this interview by keep talking, but Ken, so starting the timeline from the time we met, right? And I've heard I think you kind of talk about it.
2: 14. You, remember,
1: you remember this?
2: Sorry. Oh, well, Iron Man, of course. Yeah, Wind Up Squirrels, the OG. The wind
1: Up Squirrels.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: first sketch comedy group.
2: Yeah, I have two, a lot of fond memories um, to our our origin story, Pat. I mean, there's so many, and again, it would take another podcast. But uh, Tony, you'll like this, Pat. Uh, we're doing this one sketch, and it was, you know, about an abortion, and uh, of course, because that's what you did in Sketch County in the early 2000s, and um, and uh, you know, this guy is performing an abortion, and uh, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, all of a sudden he's like, Oh my god! And uh, you know, uh, from the audience, you just see a girl in a stirrup and this doctor going in with a vacuum cleaner. Hello, hello, are you there? Uh, between the, oh, <laughs> the last go- thing oh, we cl- heard was go in there with the, the vacuum, the vacuum cleaner. cleaner, yeah, that totally cut <laughs> out, <laughs> and I'm out. That's it, that's it, <laughs> and the sketch. Um, but no, uh, Pat, um, is the baby and he comes out and you, you know, it's the big reveal of Pat coming out like naked and he just had whitey, tidy whiteies on and, uh, and he, uh, and he fends off with a sword, uh, you know, and fights the the doctor with the vacuum cleaner and, uh, you know, taking a real stance on abortion. But, uh, and, uh, I just remember (laughs) before, you know, Pat comes up to me, he's like, should I rub Vaseline on myself and <laughs> 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 it's like He's just dead serious too, dead serious? And I'm like, yes, absolutely, Pat. He's like, just a little. I'm, I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna do the whole thing. I'm gonna do. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> and I fell in love with Pat well before that, but just even more. It was like falling in love all over again because he just he just took a tub of Vaseline. Just the commitment to the to the work and he just he just doused himself in a tub of Vaseline for that for that moment and that
1: doesn't come out of your hair for weeks by the way
0: I was gonna say is there video of that anywhere because I'd love nope. to see it
2: you know we we talked about filming it years later and it was just so offensive and some of our some of those sketches just just needed to live on stage because
3: <laughs> yeah. you know what
0: I I, I get that hundred percent I get that but on the other hand I want to be offended. When I go to a comedy show, I want to be offended. You would have loved
1: our show. Yeah, uh, you, know, <laughs> you would have loved like, it. So I almost want to say, who, who,
0: who has a right to tell me I can't be offended, man? Because I would love to see that.
2: It's so uh, sensitive, right? You know, uh, rightfully so for certain arenas, you know. But oh my God, I don't even know if we could get away with doing something like that now. But I guess you could. Fuck it, you can do anything. I guess but we um,
1: could bring it back.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's always been one because it's just, and then like a uh,
3: uh,
2: moment of, because Pat kills the doctor as the infant baby covered in Vaseline naked. And then he walks off and 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 he can't walk any further because he pulls, we had a, a umbilical cord <laughs> uh, attached to his belly button. And uh, and I don't even remember how he got that stuck to your belly button, Pat. And then it and it pulled the the mother. Uh, we had her like in a wheelchair, and it pulled her. <laughs> and then he, he takes he takes the sword and he cuts off the umbilical cord. And this oh, this is all scored by a uh, uh, queen uh, queen score from Highlander, uh, which I don't know if you remember, but it's quite. Oh, up yeah, there. we can live forever. Um, but anyways, and then he just proceeded to like do this look back at the audience as he walked away. That. I think is burned into my memory forever. Dude, there is
0: nothing right now in my life I want to see more than that. Dude, oh. I would love to see that, man. I just well, I'll never but, forget that, that is the comedy I like. <laughs> we loved it. Yeah, too. we had
1: a lot of, of things here. I mean, man, it was such a privilege working w- with you guys and you know, that I remember that the guy that played the doctor, a great friend of ours, he, it was. This is what I remember the most about LA. The when I think about Los Angeles and the warm feeling I get inside my my stomach and my body is thinking of when you guys lived in the, the older what was it an older Jewish neighborhood there off La La Cienega or um, yeah
2: Pico Robertson
1: yeah and it was a night nice, you guys had a nice house and people don't understand it's hard when you find a house I mean LA is not cheap to live right we're we're a bunch of kids that went out there from the Midwest, um. Well, young adults, I guess. You're at some point we have to consider ourselves adults.
2: I mean, that's that's pushing it, but yeah, yeah. sure. But
1: we we get into this. You guys have this house, uh, from your the the Russian lady who was awesome. She used to do so much shit, and it was the best when she came to that one party where everyone had their shirts and clothes off, and it was just one of those you know typical parties you think of people you know doing their thing, and she's there partying with us. But when we used to just even in the daytime, we'd have our little improv and have like our like not even a workshop just a we would just have a what do you call it a party just a we're just gonna what do you call a throw down uh, i'm thinking of the word but we'd go there we'd start off with freeze tag we'd do some long form we would just perform and during the day we're just sitting it was almost as if we were it's like a compound where we just chill out right we sit there and we had natalie and we had brian we had a wheelchair and Natalie was rolling history. around in this wheelchair. All of a sudden, I think it was Brian and I somehow sparked the same thought. And it was really Brian. Brian was just a muse that could just inspire the, any, any fearless act, this thing. And it came, and I could just sense it. He, I think he might have did something that made him like a doctor. And he decided, okay, Susie, we're going to, I know you're only 15, but we're going to get you back on the volleyball team in no time. And she puts her legs up, and I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. And I'm like, I, I go under the, under the, under the uh, wheelchair, and I bust out, and that's when we hit this, the, the majestic fight ensues. And, you know, without all that, without Brian, without just the ability of being in that environment, man, that would never have happened.
3: Mm, yeah. But, you know,
1: that makes me want to ask you, though, uh, Ken, when we first met, right, I'm, I'm green. I'm, I'm in there with just raw you know, a thought of what it is to be comedic. Tony knew me before doing stand-up comedy. With no training, I would just be fearless on stage. I think people, what probably found funny about me was kind of a fearless ability. I had this ability to be able to perform and wh- whatever came out of my mouth was going to be funny. But did I have good content? Did I have enough to really put on a 30-minute show, all that? You know, I was working on it. I get out there. All of a sudden, I'm seeing, you know, the whole time I was doing stand-up, I'm like, I want to do Saturday Night Live, right? I want to perform in front of people. I don't want to do stand-up. I'm just doing this to get myself on stage. I meet you and Ryan and Brian, right? And I meet you. And you seem to always be kind of the rooster in the hen house. (laughs) But you guys, what you guys did was, when we started the whole wind-up squirrels, we're like, hey, write something and bring it here. And it always seemed like you were guys were bringing you were kind of bringing stuff to the table that was a, was not only unique, but seemed like was stuff that was like you were ready to go. you were prepared. Like you had a whole portfolio of ideas, and you it was like this the system. I wanted to be part of it so bad. I would see you guys. I'm like, I need to be part of that group. I want to have that. I want to be part of that circle and of ideas and let let part of it come in my left ear and come out my right ear with something that I've, you know, added to this, right? And and I remember you and Brian actually approached me one day after an audition or after a rehearsal and we talked a little more and I kind of, I felt like, hey, these guys are wanting me to, allowing me to come into this, right? And what what was it what were you doing before all that? Now, I know you kind of came to LA at the same time I did. This was back in gosh, fall or end of summer of 2006.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: And I know you actually were, you guys went, you are actually, were an actor that went through training. I think you, from what I understand, a lot of you came from Iowa. You guys went to the University of Iowa, is that correct?
2: Yeah, so Ryan, Brian, and I met at the University of Iowa. I uh, was going there for grad school, and um, uh, Ryan and Brian were, were, and we were all kind of different times, but we met um at a a a gentleman named pat keys would host a improv session on sundays and it was just a cathartic release of like you know um you know taking everything so seriously in, in training and stuff and to to go there on a sunday and just you know let it loose and have fun was like really where some of the most the foundation of our our creative like um uh, juices and our, uh, basically we met on stage, the three of us met on stage in the scene. And, um, it, it was just kind of like the bottle, uh, can lightning kind of thing. Like, I don't know, we, you know, <clears throat> it just kind of locked in that moment. And we all, we, we just kind of collectively knew it's, you know, um, I don't know. It's just kind of like when, you know, almost like, uh, when you meet somebody you love or I don't know, love at first sight or, you know, it just, it just happened. It just popped. And, and, you know, uh, we, we just made each other laugh and we like, um, it was so much fun for us. And, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's, we started uh, partying and writing and, and creating and, and then decided to move out to LA together and, and then, uh, similar goals of, you know, making shows and TV and getting on, and SNL, you know, all of it wrapped up, but we really wanted to do our own thing it was kind of always what we decided how we were going to make our mark, uh, you know, and um, collectively, we're stronger than the individual and, uh, you know, and so. from
1: You're breaking up, Ken. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Can you hear us? You guys still there? Yeah, yeah. sorry. We watched there, but. Um, so yeah, just from that, uh, you know, we took it to LA and 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 just wanted to continue building with other people and other artists, and um, you know, that's kind of where we met you, Pat, and and uh, mm-hmm. and Nick, and now you know, and everybody, and uh, you know, I agree. Some of my strongest friendships came from from uh, you know making comedy with you guys. Right. Um, I mean, so, at that
1: time, I felt it was the one thing I did. I'm like, oh, this is normal. Every time I do a show, I'm going to meet all these great people, and. And then come to find out, I soon realized, no, you don't. It doesn't happen like that. When you go to a project, you and it was almost like we were all kind of fresh. We all had an open mind, and we all, you know. And I I always found myself lucky meeting every single person in there. Had many of those people had a, a lot of, um, were a big part of my development. Again, I was an untrained person, and I fall into the wrong hands of somebody who knows what would have happened, right? <laughs> you're just a um. Scientologist. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I don't know, I mean, Pat. You know, he's yeah, who knows? Doing, doing right dynetic tests, you know, distress tests on Hollywood so, Boulevard. So, it, what's funny to me? You're talking about the, the the that cathartic experience with that Sunday improv, right? And it's that you did that for me. Like we did these audition rehearsals, but we we didn't have a limit then. When we would go back to the house, your house, and we would go back to. Areas And then we would go to like maybe a space in, in my place. We would all just end up somewhere and we would then develop sketch, you know, so we would do a lot of freeze tag, a lot of improv, but it seemed like through the improv, we were coming up with ideas to put on paper and to, and to start kind of putting together a bullet point and putting together kind of a, uh the way I look at it is a, a rough, a rough outline with some lines, you know, I think, the way I kind of came up, I like the idea that we weren't married to align it, but I know you have a breakdown of like what certain places and how they, you know, you remember you breaking it down for me, like, you know, IO West improv Olympics kind of does this. This is kind of their ideology on this. And then there's groundlings that does it this way. And then there's second city that does it this way. Then there's UCB that has a certain way. Right. But What's a baffling to me is just learning what, at what point did you start doing improv in Iowa?
2: Um, I guess it was 2004 or five. I can't remember. Wow, back. so this
1: was somewhat fresh for you too then.
2: Oh, I had out. done it. I had done it before. That was when I had done it with Brian Ryan. I, I, I first was oh, introduced I to improv in high school um, and it was uh, comedy sports. And then I did it through undergrad and then, um, and then really... I did it in grad school more through Comedia Del Arte uh, uh, improvisation with masks. And then, you know, like I said, it was all like, you know, really heavy training kind of stuff. And so, um, no, but when I did uh, improv at uh, Pat Key's house on Sunday, that was with Brian and Ryan. And so that's mm-hmm. really when that uh, uh, creative team was formed. So when
1: right. um, so, you guys just hit it off, that's when you guys kind of first met.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We met on stage.
1: That's awesome. So yeah. now let's taking it now. Let's go and kind of further back into the past. My question is for you is when did you first get interested in, when did you know that you wanted to be a performer?
2: You know, I don't know. I, I always uh, wondered that. Um, but I used to put on like little magic shows and shit when I was a little kid for my, my family. And so I probably, it was always a part of me, you know, but Sometimes you don't really remember your childhood or, you know, you don't remember when and, you know, uh, but it wasn't until I moved away, really, because I I went, it was, I grew up in like a rough area. Um, And so uh, I never really, you know, put myself out there in in terms of the arts. And uh, I moved away from Detroit. I grew up in Detroit. And then uh, I moved away when I was um, 14 and I moved to New Mexico. And uh I kind of started anew and just um, recreated uh you know got got into drama, got into you know drama club and, and theater mm-hmm. and performing and and uh, which then led to re- to writing and then uh you know that's kind of the origin story, but yeah, so I guess it's so always been a out- part of me but mm-hmm. you know it wasn't until I moved away and
1: when you moved away, his... was it with like a parent or was it like uh what was yeah. that?
2: So my folks split, and I did two years in the Detroit area with my dad, and then I, um, and then I moved out. My mom moved to the Southwest with uh, mm-hmm. her boyfriend at the time, and so, and they were working for a magazine, and uh, yeah, it took them to Las Cruces, New Mexico, and so I, I, which is about forty-five minutes away from El Paso, and uh, yeah. uh, that's where I moved to.
1: Was your were any of your parents really influential in you doing? Um, I guess like any of the performing arts or was it kind of just you saying, Hey, this is what I want to
2: do. Were you involved yeah, with it, a
1: young I never besides to magic shows?
2: Um, you know, I, I don't know, not, you know, they, I know I never, there wasn't really a, a, a performer writer, you know, but my mom was a uh, visual. She did, uh, um, graphic arts, um, you know, but, um, you know, I later found out my great grandfather was a vaudeville actor. And it wasn't until in my 20s where I was asking my mom, like, you know, why, how did I get wrapped up in this shit? You know, is it. Um, and she was like, actually, your great grandfather um, was a vaudeville actor. And uh, she went and dug up a picture of him. Um, but. Um, Explain yeah. to
1: us what that is. Cause I found that to be very interesting myself. And I believe that was either you, was you or someone else.
2: But Vod- yeah. Vaudeville was the old touring shows. Like, uh, you know, kind of, uh, it wasn't TV early. And so you would go and, and catch, uh, you know, touring shows and, and pop up tents or in local, uh, you know, uh, halls or whatever, you know, but it, it was touring shows. And it's kind of where Chaplin started and, um, it was a circuit, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, all, all sorts of different, uh, a wide variety of, of performing arts and music and comedy and a variety show. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of those were the, the tent poles of, you know, what later came into uh, the comedy shows uh, that we saw on TV, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, Laugh-In and Saturday Night Live and the Smothers Brothers mm-hmm. and all that um, what,
1: what was your biggest influence that you can remember? What became kind of your, the, the dragging force for you to continue hard? And was it a bigger influence when you were younger, adolescent? It happened at a teen, late teens. What, who was that person or people?
2: You know, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I really got dove into it in New Mexico, and uh, I had a very supportive drama teacher, and, um, you know, I, you know, she really, and she put me in like lead roles, kind of saw that I, I was, had a, a 10, you know, a, a love for comedy and she would pick shows, you know, that, uh, that would suit that. And, you know, uh, I, I really, yeah, I owe a lot to her name is Miss Munoz, Melissa Munoz. She was, she was amazing. It is amazing. She still teaches at Mayfield high school. And, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't just the cafeteria. It was the lunchbox theater and. Uh, since then she's built a whole they have a whole theater and, you know, facility, but back then it was you know, used to have to uh perform over the lunch ladies slamming and washing dishes and shit. And uh, So still the same same school and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um So you went
1: from the lunch box theater to the black box theater.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah from one box to the next <laughs> to
1: let anyone know the black box theater is uh was at ios and which i said i found out uh sad uh, was very sad for me to learn that it was a year or two ago it closed down in hollywood
2: it did yeah it's very sad it was such a such an amazing, awesome spot you know a lot of fun memories there
1: yeah so
2: you you're now you're going through school and
1: so you went and you chose to do this in college correct
2: I you chose, decided this is
1: what you wanted to do,
2: I knew in high school i knew I knew even before, but really when I went and took a class and um it was sophomore year in, in New mexico, I was like this is i just and you know i was i was i knew was good at it and I, I loved it and it was so much fun and really, it was improv was you know some of the it's just the the most exciting you know ways for me to be creative and uh and connect with people and just, you know, that to me is the most exciting part of all, you know, these endeavors is, is, uh, connecting with people and, Mm -hmm. uh, and being creative, you know? So early
1: on, you knew you wanted to do this. And did you ever have a picture in your mind? What that was going to look like? Did you ever think this is what I'm going to do? This is exactly what I'm going to be.
2: Sure. You know, there's always like, uh, Oh, I'm going to, you know, LA going to do movies or, you know but no I, I i never really thought too much ahead you know it, it just it was kind of like oh i'll do this and i'll go to college and i was like well i'm going to college well i love this so i'll just keep doing this and so i did theater and i thought i was going to do theater and then you know i i a friend was going to uh, URTAs, which is United Residents Theater Association, which is you go and audition for grad schools. And I was like, well, I'll go there too. And uh, so I went to Chicago and, and auditioned after undergrad and got uh, some some meetings and, you know, went to the meetings and, and the Hilton there in Chicago. And uh, I met and uh, with the people at Iowa and it was, um, you know, really impressionable and and really up my alley and very like all new plays, new works, you know, it's a, it's a hell of a writing program there too. And so it was all focused on new work and that to me was what I was interested in, like, uh, you know, making new stuff. And, uh, so yeah. And that was an amazing experience going there and, you know, getting to work with, you know, some playwrights that were creating new pieces and, you know, are now, you know, heavy hitters in that world. And and then from there, I just kind of decided that I wanted to, that it might be tough to live out of a bag as an actor. And and I got into writing there too. So I decided to, to take that to LA. And, um, uh, that's kind of when I transferred over into film and television.
1: So when you went to this interview for your grad school, were there other universities there that you would talk? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a whole theater filled with them. So, uh, yeah, you, you you know you it's, it's a whole thing. You gotta like, you know, get uh your your you know someone from your college to endorse you, and then you you like send a letter. You I think you had to pay like a hundred bucks, and then you get accepted. Then you go and you you audition for judges, and then you get mm-hmm. passed to the next round. And mm-hmm. then if you make it to the next round, you get higher up judges, and then from that they pass you on to uh. Audition for all these grad schools. So So you made it
1: all the way through for all that.
2: I did. Yeah. It was very nerve wracking and uh, exciting at the same time. And, um, and then from there you perform two monologues in front of, uh, you know, a theater full of uh, pretentious grad school people. And, uh, uh, and then from there you, you're on a list and you see what, uh, what schools want to meet with you. So, so
1: you had a list of people that wanted to speak with you then.
2: I did. Yeah. Um, and it just hit it off with Iowa. Like I said, it was, wow. They, so they you were like a highly recruited. No, at,
1: no well, I mean, you're, you're being humble. You're, you're, what is it called? Tony, when you're being humble, humble, <laughs> humble <okay>. you're being, <laughs> well, that's wow. so man. And then, uh, then you go all the way out to L.A. You pack your bags. You you have you go through your grad school, and then next thing you know, you're on stage with me. <laughs> yeah, rubbing
0: vaseline on you. <laughs>
1: rubbing vaseline all over my body. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. And so
0: Pat, that was you being modest.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, you're saving the right word for yourself. I see. Yeah. So so now you get out there. Was every so that first few years of t- how did that look as as far as I know from a lot of people you speak to the people who, who succeed, I guess, you know, the definition of success, right. But having the ability to make adjustments throughout your career, right. Sometimes it's going to take a left turn. Sometimes it's going to take a right turn. Eventually you end up in a place that you're happy. Um, how did, how, when you got out to LA, was it exactly what you expected? And is there anything that changed for you immediately or down the road for maybe kind of your, your line of sight? of your end game or your end goal, I guess.
2: Uh, you know, it's it's a long response. I, I guess it's it's a roller coaster, you know, and you, you got to find why you really love, you know, pursuing something like this and remember that. <clears throat> and uh, it was always important for us to, and for myself to, to continue to create because that's what I initially fell in love with. So whether someone was going to pay me to do that, I was going to do it no matter what. And, and mm-hmm. hopefully one, you know, one day it would get monetized or I would get some sort of scraps, you know, but yeah, it was, it was hard, you know, I didn't come from, for money. And so I, you know, I moved out my Hyundai Accent 2007, which was I remember a wonderful, that accent. wonderful car for me. Packed everything that I owned. I had, I had $500 underneath my car seat cash and drove out to LA. And How much did you have? 500 bucks. 500 bucks.
1: That's Ooh, you went slimmer than me, buddy. No pun yeah. intended.
2: Yeah, well, so, I laid down on mm-hmm. that house, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like three or four months prior, and then and then saved up money right after I got to grad school, waiting tables at an Italian place. So
1: that's great. And did you have a, lot, a job lined up right when you got to LA, or was no. it like
2: immediately going, no. hey,
1: man, I need a job?
2: Yeah, I, I didn't have much downtime. <laughs> really, I knew yeah. I had to get a job right away. Uh, right. So, and I because of rent, it was, you know, it was. Cheap, you know. Looking back, for you know, a kid, we had out of college was so expensive, and I had a car payment. So um, now,
1: at this point, right, you 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 have a support group at this point, like someone who's both emotionally supporting you, as far as family, guardianship, or people who are even kind of monetarily supporting you.
2: There was no monetary uh, support, um, uh, you know, but uh, emotional. My mother uh, was always in my corner. My dad, as much as he could, you know, but you know, I, I think for him just accepting and, you know, letting his his son do that, it was, you know, he worked for the same company as his, his father did. And, you know, I think his father told him to not, you know, that he couldn't pursue his dreams. And, you know, I think it was a huge step to, to accept, you know, to allow me to say, do whatever you, you know, do what you want to do. And, uh, you know, from a hard blue collar Midwest family, you know, that was a big step. Um, I can understand that. Yeah. But the money was never there. And, and, uh, you know, he was very hard knocks, you know, learn by learn by doing, you know, and you're, sure. on. you know, so uh, no, I, I mean, I definitely there's it's a roller coaster. You know, I've, I did. I did spend some, uh, you know, a couple months peppered uh, in my L.A. time uh, living out of the, out of that Hyundai for a month or so. So, yeah. And
1: didn't you, you know. did you film uh, breaking the ice in that car?
2: Part of um, it when. Yeah. When, uh, yeah. Yeah. Car- Brian, yeah,
1: he tried to gas you.
2: Yeah, yeah, we did do yeah. that. Yeah, just a
1: little fun, little I guess throwback about for the accent. So, you 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 say the word accept, right? Did you feel that you needed acceptance from your dad,
3: or well,
2: sh- from yeah, sure? That's a huge driving force, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, not anymore, but yeah, at that young age, like, sure. I, I think it's like it's proven the world that you can you're gonna do it, you know and then mm-hmm. you know you get to a certain age and hopefully you realize that none of that matters <laughs> mm-hmm. nor does any of this yeah. you know it's all it's all super you know it's it's well, all smoke and mirrors it's happiness. that
1: has to come from something though right whether it came from the way you grew up to be to feel like you needed to be accepted like what what would if what would you have done if your dad said i can't accept this
2: would you uh, have gone through I mean with doing he's, this? he's Sure. I mean, yeah, I would have kept doing it. I don't think, Mm -hmm. I never got like a, you know, a blessing like, oh, you know, it was more just, he didn't say, you know, I didn't ask him and he didn't, you know, yell at me. So, but he certainly, I certainly got a lot of judgment from, you know, from him, from that corner. Um, You know,
1: and when I was coming up, I always felt like.
2: And one thing I, I should have done
1: was go a structured route. Like, think, okay, I'm going to go to second. I was in Chicago. We had Second City was big there. I didn't do it. I, I went into a comedy club one day. Actually, Tony drove, I believe, the very first time I did stand-up and just put myself on stage. That was the way I, I did it, you know. Looking back, there's so many different things I could have done to have gotten started. I felt like I was doing, t- doing the hard thing. By doing the doing the taking the easy way of doing it by doing the hard things to get there, um, it was just like, hey, I'm gonna get up there. I'm just gonna throw myself on stage. I'm just gonna do it. It was almost like I didn't have a plan. I just felt like I'm just going, you know, to do it. Um, and then deciding to just pack it up, go out to L.A. Uh, it's it, it just kind of all kind of ha- you know. With me, I took kind of a slight break between Chicago and L.A. Um, you know, was around my parents for, and it turned into a little bit longer. Being in, uh, coming back to where they were in Cincinnati, I got a place before going out to LA and saying, okay, I'm not just going to go out to LA. I have to put this amount of money in. I have to do all these different things. So I started kind of reading up. What do I need to do? I want who are the guys my idols? Now I'm kind of you know guys that made me laugh. Uh, you know, Farley was a, a big influence for me. Bill Murray, you know, and then of course Jim Carrey. Uh, Was uh, like a funny guy, and you you always see all these funny people, and you know, a a long list of guys, Belushi, and you start thinking of all these guys from Saturday Night Live. Like Super Dave was the thing that stuck out for me when I first thought, Man, this is so funny. Uh, It was Super Dave on Saturday Night Live. You know, I think I broke my brain, and it would make me laugh. And and I remember, Man, I want to do this, but it's like I never opened up a book or thought, besides doing stuff, and you know, the same as you, I had a, a teacher in middle school, Mrs. Dice, who saw something in me and told my parents, hey, you know, Pat's, Pat's doing something. He's a, he's a, This is something he, I see him doing. At the same middle school that Tony uh, uh, knows about. I don't know if te- you went to Teft, Tony. You yeah, went to I went teft, to teft. yep. Uh, then I would go to high school, and in freshman year, I kind of got in like, oh, this teacher liked me. I was able to be a lead in a play in, in middle school. And then there was Mr. Pop, and Mr. Pop was really very influential. So I guess what I'm getting at, is I decided not to go the route of studying anything but I did read a book where had like inserts from like George Lopez G, uh, Jim Carrey other comedic actors who talk about the way they got started was actually rooted back to a dark moments of their life as as youngsters and they felt that the way for them to deal with it is that I I have to make my mom laugh I have to bring joy here. I have to get these people out of the rut. And, and then they found out this was really for them as well. Is, the, is there something, you say you were doing magic shows as a kid. Is there anything you can think of? Was there a time in, in your life where you felt like you felt responsibility to lift Oh yeah, the dark cloud off of like a, a situation and say, I'm going to do it by making people laugh or being captivated with my magic?
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I, I, oh, yes, sure. There was, you know, it was a stressful, up you know, financial hardships and, um, you know, a rocky marriage with my parents who ultimately divorced. And, um, you know, my brother had problems and I used to get, you know, that's resort to comedy when you get picked on a lot. And, and, you know, there's, tragedies along the way and um you know my brother had a rare brain disease disorder uh and and also and became uh disabled when I was 15 and um certainly yeah I think you know you could look at life there's a thin line between tragedy and comedy and um I think I think noticing that at a young age you can decide to for me personally uh you know to to look at it as a tragedy or, or or make make comedy out of it and uh i i don't know if that influenced my ability to do it or you know uh I, but that's but that's certainly probably played a role in and how i looked at life you know um uh you know it's it all can be quite absurd so you might mm-hmm. as well laugh <clears throat> Wow. Well said. I mean,
1: one of the things that, you know, intrigued me. one of the first things that I, one of the times, the first time I saw it was what through you was there's actually a science behind everything. You know, the, 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 the beginning, the middle, the end, the, the, the arc, the, all these different things where I was going into this, Oh yeah, I'm just going to make people laugh. I'm just going to act like a crazy person. And I remember that what I really liked is I was able to learn. It was like a, a very safe place. And I know even with, like, you and Ryan really being able to, and especially you, saying, hey, Pat, tone it down. Or, hey, here, let, let's look at this from over here and let's see what, what this whole scene is, right? Because you sketch, it's like one scene. You're writing something, but there's still a story. And I remember the way you, we would, you would workshop, and I was, got when I was first introduced to that world of learning, there's way much more than I ever thought about this. Like, you know, don't take away the from the scene by doing this because you think this is funny. You're you're sabotaging or doing this. You know, like for me, my thing was I, I was always this loud, boisterous, energetic, and if there was, you know, obviously uh, after going through it and then learning more and then going to actual workshops and learning things, you start to learn. Oh, that's not the way you do this. What? So for me, it was. Me dealing with things and getting to doing the comedy and feeling good at some point, at what point did you turn when you were like doing the entertainment where you're like, i'm gonna learn the ins and outs of this I'm gonna learn that you know that writing format, I'm gonna learn how to be able to segment each piece of this to make this an actual effective story, effective sketch, effective um, short uh, film or what was it for you that helped you kind of be able to go behind the curtain and become an expert and, or be really become knowledgeable about how to make that performance really stand out?
2: Um, you know, I I think I learned someone, a teacher, I'll have to remember early on that, you know, always said, know the rule before you break it. And, um, I always took that with everything that I did. So, you know um i want you know before you can learn to do something different you have to know what's been done in order to um in order to on that journey because you can't just as we know in life just can't just skip a gap of of uh you know of experience to get to to jump to the next everything takes work you know and um for me uh you know it's always been about the journey you know so For me, if I focus on that, then I don't worry so much about the outcome, you know, because whatever it'll be, it'll be. But if I if I focus on the work, on the on the situation the moment, the you know, uh, you know, then I'm truly present and. I don't know if I'm answering your question, Pat, but, uh,
1: um, yeah, I mean, I guess I was a little vague too. I was kind of like being, yeah, I think it's always,
2: I want to, you know, I just want to, it's hard to put yourself out there and, uh, you know, there was kind of a blind, you know, youth enthusiasm at first and, but I always wanted to to be the best I could before I put, Mm -hmm uh before i put something out there and i think to this day i still want that you know mm-hmm. it's the perfectionist you know uh um uh, you know that's why it's hard to do something like this to like do something on the spot you know uh but also maybe why i loved improv so much because i could let go of that part of my brain and and just be present you know mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i don't know i, I think that i i love every part of this of storytelling of you know uh this creative art form that i've found myself in and so it's always exciting for me to 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 learn the inner workings of it all you know back to aristotle and everything in between you know so right um and i'm always learning new stuff and that's that's the exciting part to me is it's not done it's it's always evolving so um right Keeps me on my toes.
1: And that's a really good point. Like I always thought there was always an end, like when I first kind of stand up, Oh, if I could ever open up for Doug Stanhope, if I can do this, uh, then I'm going to get to this level. And like, Oh, then also, Oh, if I could headline on a Thursday night at the club or, Oh, if I, you know, then all of a sudden I get to LA. I'm like, if I could get into a movie and then you do something and then you, you, you still, you know, everything you thought was like, this is where I need to go. But then you get there and you're like, wait a minute, I need to keep going. Wait a minute, this isn't the answer. I got to go up to here. You know, even when we we're doing sketch, we were doing the squirrels, I'm like, oh, we're in a film, we're in a. I remember I was in an airport. You called me, hey, we're going to be in the Los Angeles um, comedy festival or something like that, and I'm like, I remember thinking that's the greatest thing that could possibly happen in the world, right? Although I know that, that, that there's a whole world behind that when you do sketch and you see sketch groups that have been together for 10, 15, 20 years and that's what you do you know like the, the everything the goals change like I need to get here and like you hit it on the head with the evolving um, I left LA in 2010 I know it was soon after that um, a lot of your work and you'd already been producing a lot of the work you, you guys and we've all been kind of working at and, and led by you and with Ryan and a bunch of other uh, contributors, you guys come up with Burgess TV. And you guys have uh, a lot of your sketches and we have everything up there. And uh, was that like a big moment for you guys? Was this part of the vision? Yeah,
2: sure. I mean, uh, you know, you envision one thing. and uh, Lost you again, Ken. Oh, Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it all, you know, I was saying that it it changes. You know, you you think you're going to do one thing and then, you know, life happens. And I I was saying that that John Lennon quote, life is what happens, you know, while you're busy making other plans. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Burgess TV came about because we had a body of work and our you know, our comedy partner, uh, passed away. And, um, and so we wanted to continue our work and, uh, Ryan and I could never, right, Brian, we could never settle on a name. And, um, and so, uh, you know, after Brian's passing, we decided, oh, well, let's name it after Brian. Cause you know, he was, he was, the you know, just this creative, you know, force of, of energy of everything. And, mm-hmm. Right. Beautiful, beautiful 100%. man. And um, so, yeah, it, w- it was only natural for us to, to name it, um, our our first production endeavor uh, official, you know, um, uh, after him. And uh, we <clears throat> shot our first short film was based off of, uh, you know, an idea that Brian had that making fun of, you know, Ryan, that he looks so much like Rambo, like Sylvester Stallone. And, yeah. um, you know, and it's it's. It's completely absurd, you know what we spent our time on, or even you know. But yeah, we spent a year and made a a, a Rambo spoof short film that <laughs> is great. By the way, <laughs> thanks. And this
1: thanks. this website's still up there, right? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, you can still go to BurgessTV dot com. Um, uh, it's got a you know I think like eight years of work, ten years of work. Um, you mm-hmm. know, we've all kind of gone on to different endeavors, but that's it's still there and still you know, uh, Ryan and I are talking about writing, a, we're going to write, a, we're kicking the can on a new project. But anyways, back to that. Yeah. Um, then our next short film was based on Ryan and I fell in love with Elvis and, um,
3: another
1: great one, man. So good.
2: Thanks, man. Yeah. That one took a long time. Cause you know, we are this is sh- shoestring on, you know, waiting tables and paying with friends, you know, just making it happen. And, yeah, we ended up getting a, a good friend, Orlando Rashid, uh, backed us on that, and he was in the music world. And we actually—I don't know if you know this, Pat—but we, the recording studio that we made that in, was where they recorded Pet Sounds, uh, the uh, Beach Boys album. So really, uh, yeah. So we got access to this this uh, vintage, you know, recording studio, and that's that's basically what upped the production value so much. You know, I think we spent- and uh, and
1: it was so good. And I have to say, dude. At the beginning, when I started getting, infiltrating the group, right? And I was becoming part of this group, like I'm one of these guys. And I would hear you talking about, I would, you know, if I had, there was an idea and being very articulate and talking about things like, well, you know, how you're dumbing it down for me, I guess, in a nice way. And you never made me feel any, any, like any less of a person, anything, any part of the group, but understanding that there's a vision of what's going on here. Uh, I remember a certain sketch with the the seashell in the ocean and, and the person listening to it and it was the the whole um, uh, the the Hitler thing and 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 you explaining to, to your idea of comedy and I remember trying to wrap my head around it. You mean you don't just come out on stage and take your shirt off and <laughs> and just you know show part of your butt and you and, did that too. and listening to this and 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 and, and in the the stuff we workshopped, and I remember seeing something funny, and then you and Ryan both kind of like, fuck it, forget it. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. No, no, what are you guys doing? This is great. And, and then, but it was the Burgess TV sketch, and it was the Paris Tango.
3: Mm, because yes. I
1: remember seeing this on stage, okay? And I'll admit to you, when I remember seeing this, I remember thinking, what is this? Like, what's going on? But it wasn't until I saw it, how you guys did it. And I remember thinking, Oh, my God. Like, I remember when you guys did it, it was entertaining. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is sketch. Still try to wrap my head around it. I'm like finding the funny and seeing, like, this is good. But when you you guys did it for the screen, it was so well done. The character, everything about it, just so much came to life. And I hate to say, you know, because I I have such a wild imagination, right? And maybe it's how I, I clip my own wings of letting myself think through something. You see something on stage, but then I saw it. And it's almost like you you painted the picture perfectly of what you had in your head. And I remember thinking, oh my God, these, these guys are, this this guy is brilliant. It was so good. Everything about that short to me was great. And that's when I realized everything, the Elvis sketch was, is probably one of my favorite. I love Rambo. And I was just telling Ryan when we filmed the movie last year, I had my, I'm like, hey, I told Eve, I'm like, you got to watch this. Ryan does Rambo. It's insane. You got to see it. Because my favorite scene is the one where you're with the sister and you guys get into argument. I always found that to be so <laughs> awesome. And but he literally says the end of Rambo word for word. Yeah. When he's yeah. sitting there. I, I remember I was cause we had just watched it. She's like, I want to watch Rambo. I'm like, you gotta watch it. And I just watched Rambo. And I had to go directly to the movie. I'm like, oh my God. He is literally doing the movie right now. And it just was more. So all the things you guys have done on there, I think, is great. And, you know, and that's the other thing. I know, and you guys are continuously working on stuff that you're going to continue. Are you going to continue adding to this, or is this kind of something that you've moved past from?
2: You know, we've kicked it around. i you know, I'm now with my uh, production company with my brother, um, mm-hmm. and we can segue to that. But Alcorn Entertainment, absolutely. And um, but some of our work now you know, some of our, you know, uh, television and movies, um, because it's a boutique production company, we're able to, mm-hmm. um, you know, get some of these ideas that we, cause we had written a lot of stuff and we were, you know, we didn't, didn't get the budgets, didn't get finance. So, um, you know, now some of these things, you know, can come to light, you know, an idea never mm-hmm. dies, you know, it just kind of sometimes waits. Um, right. But no, the Thank pinnacle for Burgess TV was when we got our pilot made uh, trucked up. And, right. you know, it was essentially a roller coaster of an experience that ultimately, you know, our writing partner moved away. And, you know, it, it, uh, we thought we were, you know, we had found our mountaintop and we made it in Hollywood. And, and then the rug got pulled, you know. Uh, I, I now look at it as, a wonderful learning experience and to this day i have connections from that that you know leveled me up like five ten you know fold steps in in la mm-hmm. but um yeah you
1: been, know i've been dying to hear your side of that whole thing and I, I don't even know if you even i'm not to really dissect that whole experience but if we it's, can we let the audience know like what that show was and kind of what role you guys were playing and what it yeah. ended up developing over the course of the production.
2: It's, you know, Pat, it's such a, it's again, another podcast story. Cause it's so long okay. and it's sure. like, I, I almost think the making of our pilot is probably more interesting than the, the pilot what it turned out to be. Cause it was a fucking crazy story. But, um, yeah. So we wrote, uh, Ryan, John Comas and I wrote uh, a half-hour comedy on a food truck, and um, you know, uh, I it would have been in our back pocket for years, um, you know. And then once John Favreau's uh, food truck movie came out, it was like, oh, uh, the suits are looking for food truck comedies. So then it it became, you know, uh, viable. And I was bartending at the time in Venice um on the beach and i the drunkest guy at my bar who i kicked out the night before i pitched the script to the next day and uh and well he you know he had asked like you do something besides bartending i was like yeah i'm a you know right i act you produce i do shit and and uh and so i pitched him the script and he i sent it to him on my phone behind the bar and he sent me up a meeting the next week at radar entertainment and you know we're on the Twenty-fifth floor of a high-rise in Century City, and <laughs> hitting the ground running. And I, it's a long story that we ended up getting David Arquette attached, and he produced and directed, and and Radar Entertainment produced. And I mean, Pat, it was a wild story. It's a wild story. We had mm. a lot of people investing in it. It was, you know, um, you know, uh, the heir of Marshall Fields, Ted Fields, was you know, owner of Radar, David Arquette, and then. And then there was this other party that brought investors from all over because they were financing other movies and they were kind of dog and pony in our show to get investment for other projects. Mm. And um, so, I mean, I must have met like, I don't know. I mean, we had to write a line for the congressman's son. We had to like, I remember looking at David at one point on, on set and being like, is this normal? And he's like, dude. Nothing's normal in Hollywood, and but no, this is not normal, <laughs> not at all. And uh, uh, you know, got a lot of gray hairs. I, we definitely thought, you know, what we set out to do and what ended up happening was completely different. So, like the mm-hmm. metaphor in what you think is going to happen in life, or when you move to LA, you know, you just ride the wave and focus on on the things you can, and mm-hmm. and and it's all you know, it's all a learning experience. So, but. That's the short of a very long, you know, right, wild tale. But uh,
1: yeah, and we would save that for the other the podcast for sure, like you said. But but now yeah. we're getting to you know, and I know we we we've, we've gone. I mean, getting lost into this uh, interview, which I love. Um, now I want to talk about where you are right now, and what you have lined up coming up that you're working on right now.
2: Yeah. So, um, I had worked on and off with my brother in Chicago. He has a production company for 10 years in Chicago called Elkhorn Entertainment. And, uh, he, you know, I'd produced for him, we produced uh, their first national commercial out here together, uh, like seven years ago. And, you know, we'd always kind of, you know, work together satellite and when we could, and, you know, we went to, we grew up together and, you know, did theater school together or, or, you know, at different times he's older than me, but, you know, we had always dreamed of doing stuff together. And um, he brought me out uh, December 2019 to work for Little Caesars uh, and the Red Wings. Little Caesar owns like 10 companies and um, one of them being the Tigers, the Red Wings. And so anyways, they were rolling out a news hub and they hired Elkhorn to help with that rollout. And so um, Vince brought me out. Uh, that's my brother, Vince. He brought me out to be a creative director for the rollout. And um you know we were just working finally together in an office and not you know shooting stuff and you know kind of living out a childhood dream of like being on the ice and shooting the red wings and meeting tigers and you know like my mm-hmm. childhood sport teams you know and um uh you know we're like man we gotta now's the time you know we gotta find time we gotta we gotta get into the scripted you got so much great scripted material and you know and he had projects and And then uh, I got back and I got married and, you know, was kind of doing my thing here in LA and then COVID hit. And uh, we were like, let's do it. And so we have, we have time. And so we, you know, I became a partner and we merged and uh, we, you know, now have all of our material together and we're self-producing. We get the financing from advertisers, from investors, and we We make the content ourselves and then we distribute it ourselves so um you know our first project is uh up to shoot in february in new mexico it's a non-scripted show uh called bands of enchantment it's a uh, austin city limit style music show um first episode will be eight seasons and it airs on pbs cowboy channel and uh, amazon prime and um you know, we're just kind of building from there and merging into, you know, kinda of got uh, a couple of the other projects going. Um, comedies. You remember Weed Wolf and that's up there. Oh, yeah. And um, you know, uh I have a Border Patrol comedy that's that's rolling out and uh you know we're just just taking two sticks and rubbing them together kind of kind of the origin story of what we used to do now just you know we've learned a lot so (laughs)
1: right like a much higher level like a more uh what do you call it uh prestigious level more profound
2: i mean i don't know about that but certainly keeping the heart of what we had you know in that in that house in pico robertson um Mm -hmm. but uh yeah so that's kind of what it is now we, we released a social series on instagram and that's the character i was doing because uh, i still cut my teeth in some performing every now and then and besides the writing and producing but uh uh it's called covid connections yes it's, it's a social series uh, we rolled it out right when covid hit uh it was kind of inspired by ryan our you know my dear friend and collaborator of you know 20 years uh Mm-hmm. He uh, he was dating, uh, and I'm like, "How the fuck are you dating during COVID?" And I'm like, "That's funny." I was like, "What if there was an app?" You know, like, and so, uh, mm-hmm. anyways, that was the it was kind of the catalyst of that, and and then uh, nobody working, and so reaching out to all the you know talented and friends I've met along the way, and said like, "Hey, you want to do this spoof dating site? We want to make it look like it's real." and it's mm-hmm. like if tinder had videos like from the old you know 90s dating videos from you know mad tv snl era and uh, right. so yeah that was and then so i got to collaborate just collaborate with 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 amazing talented artists and and uh you know some of them a lot of them are just putting the ball in their court because i was going to try to write all of them and i was like god what what you know these are such talented artists let's just let's just collaborate with them. And so a lot of these, you know, is just these actors these artists just doing their thing and mm-hmm. uh, then just sending me videos. And, and we just kind of, you know, our editor has got to be the one of the most gifted editors I've ever worked with named Anna Johnson. She's on our team at Elkhorn and she edits them all together. And yeah, if you go to COVID underscore connections underscore on Instagram, you can check it out. It's on on our website, com too. It's also on Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, pretty much anywhere. Anywhere it can be. <laughs> TikTok. Yeah, and it yeah. is
1: It is quite funny. I found myself, I went down a very, I went down the vortex, and I was telling you about this. I saw one, I was like, it's funny, and then I saw one, I'm like, wait a minute, this is from another guy? And then I went and I just started from the very first video on your in, on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I just worked my way all the way up until I was all done. Now, is all the footage on the Instagram or is that just uh, the
2: snippets? Is there
1: more to see on the
2: website or? No, I mean, it, we, we did build it out into a half hour um, uh, show uh, that we're pitching now. Um, but no, that's basically it. It's there's 60 seconds. We, were made, we made it for Instagram. It's, it's 60 second pieces Um, there was going to be a phase two that still could happen. We just got so busy with other projects, but the phase two was to send, you know, for, to vote and to send your, you know, people on dates via zoom. So, you know, Bobby L and Randy or, you know, whoever like gets voted and we send them on a zoom date, um, which I think still will happen. I just, you know, I got to roll out phase two, um, but for now, it's just you know reaching out and now I'm able to reach out to people I don't know, and i've just it's been such a wonderful experience to collaborate with people I don't know in this you know in a time when it's you know on a lockdown and you know we're having a hard time uh creating stuff, so to be able to do that and to work with such talented people is you know my favorite thing to do, so to be able to still do that during a health pandemic has been very rewarding and um, fulfilling. <laughs>
1: Yeah. No kidding. I mean, is it, so you guys are planning on filming in February. That's the start. Do you are you? Do you already have bands lined up? Do you already have venues lined up? How's that going to work?
2: You know, it's the, we got finance uh, from the city of Tucumcari is where the show will be. Tucumcari, New Mexico is the gateway to New Mexico. It's off of uh, uh, Highway 40, Interstate 40 and uh, uh, Route 66. And we met, you know, we kind of took it, it's based, it's always been based in New Mexico. I, I I spent a lot of time in New Mexico. It's my, you know, I lived there for, I went to undergrad there. I fell in love with art there. It's, you know, it's It's kind of where, you know, my heart is. My mom and my brother still live there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I always wanted to take production there. Um, and a couple of my other shows are are, are set there too. So. Um, yeah we I built a music show around the the state motto of New Mexico is land of enchantment and mm-hmm. so it's just a word play on that uh, bands of enchantment and uh, mm. my my other love is music and uh, you know as you know I, I had the experience with starting the uh, being a co-founder of the Hollywood Fringe Festival so I kind of got yes. into high-, high level uh, festival you know uh, production so um, this is kind of on a Track course to be a Austin city limit style music show, but then by you know season two, three, it's also a, a, a live music festival that, um, you know, celebrates.
1: We we lost you again, uh, you there,
2: yeah. What did you
0: sorry? What did you last hear <laughs> there?
1: Um, land of it was probably about.
0: Ten seconds ago, as well. Yeah, yeah. Austin so, City Limits was the last thing I heard.
2: Yeah, Austin City Limits style uh, music show, um, celebrating Americana music on the backdrop of New Mexico. So uh, we got um, you know in the talks, we're in talks with some bands. Um, you know, uh, uh, we're just locking the dates. We uh, you know we just kind of getting the funding in place. We we did get green light. We do have the funding. And uh, so we've been out to New Mexico before the lockdown and we took, um, you know, shots and B-roll of New Mexico and which was amazing. I mean, if you've never been, it's, it's just an amazing state. And uh, then we went to Tucumcari, which is we're so excited to be there. The city is just a lot of history and the, the, the people, the town is it's just so excited to have it. And we couldn't be happier with, you know, having a home there uh, with this so, show. Well-
3: Will
1: it be just to focus on the bands or are you going to be soaking in some of the kind uh, of a little bit of story and involving the people of the town and the actual city itself?
2: You know, you, you could be seeing stuff on social media on, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of, of content. Uh, mm-hmm. The show itself that you'll see on PBS is going to be the music and it'll also, you'll see, you know uh, in the intro and some shots of celebrating New Mexico, Tucumcari, New Mexico um, and there'll be a, you know, a satellite, uh, one song will be out in New Mexico somewhere. Uh, we haven't, we found the venue in Tubercare, We haven't announced it yet. I, you know, I, I, do want to wait till we talk to the city, but, um, you know, it, it is a very non-traditional venue and we're, we we could not be happier. It's a historic venue. So or historic location, I should say. So we're really thrilled to, to, uh, you know, to get what- the cameras rolling, we've Next. done one shoot during covid uh so we will be doing this you know under the utmost uh, safety precautions um right. and uh testing and temperature tests actual actual testing swabs, and then uh, it could be based on where COVID is at with no audience just the band um, mm-hmm. or if if things have lifted you know it'll be limited uh tested audience so um, it's basically, you know, we have a lot of audibles set up to kind of, uh, uh, you know, be ready for what whatever is happening. Very
1: cool. So is this is over eight episodes? Will it be different locations in New Mexico or will it be? The first all- four
2: episodes yeah. are guaranteed to Tucumcari um, mm-hmm. and we're in negotiations for the other four. Uh, they have right. the first first right of yes or no. Um, but. As of now, we it's Tucum Carry. We're you know, um, but it will there will be other performances um, elsewhere in New Mexico celebrating New Mexico. So where awesome. where we don't know yet, but um, we've been thus far covering all over New Mexico. So
1: that's very cool, man. I'm very happy for you. I can't wait to to see the final product um is there anything else that anyone uh will be able to go to a website you said elkhornent.com is that correct is that a place yeah it's
2: elkhornent.com see- yeah you can see some trailers for some of our other scripted content like i said uh, the the food truck trucked up uh trailer is up there now mm-hmm. um weed wolf is another show we're in talks with right now of getting that going um you know we've got a, a couple other non-scripted shows and then you can see all of COVID connections is up there too.
1: So trucked up is still part of the the whole circle. Is is that on? Is that an Elkhorn Entertainment production?
2: It is now under the umbrella of Elkhorn since I you know since I merged to mm. to Elkhorn. But obviously yeah. it's still you know with my my writing partners uh, Ryan Karloff and John Comas.
1: Right, like Weed Wolf, all these other projects. I mean, I'm real excited. I, t- I totally want to see it and. I know you've offered me the lead roles of all your films, and <laughs> and the offer really still am. stands,
2: Pat. You know, you too, Tony. Um. Oh, I can't act.
1: <laughs> oh, I see how it is. Yeah. As soon as he said, "Tony," I knew this was, you know, okay. I see. <laughs> no, but I am. I definitely look forward uh, to you starting to just. it Sounds like you're 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 on your way of just things are starting to happen, and well, you've had things happening for a long time actually, but. Um, I love to see that you, you, you have just like your dream kind of came true. You, you have full control of what you're doing. You know um, it's not, you're, you're not a a puppet. You're not a puppet. You're not part of some other person's, you know, I guess production, you know, kind of like roaming kind of like how I always thought I, I, what I was doing back in the day, but um, I love that you're doing this. I love that you're doing this show. And I wish you all the best, man. It's so exciting.
2: Um, Thanks, man. I really appreciate you guys having me on. It was it was great to chop it up and talk about those old origin stories, man. I yeah, had such a such a wonderful time, man. It's always yeah in my. In my heart. I
0: I really liked Bob L. Bob L. You, you like Bobby L. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I have a clip here of Bobby L. Do you want oh, to play a clip?
2: Oh. oh God, let's throw him on. Let's yeah. let's let's hear what he has Bobby. to say. Hi, my name is Bobby L. Uh, L stands for, listens good, <laughs> not Larry.
3: <laughs> COVID
2: connection. I'm 6'2", I live in Phoenix, uh, Arizona. I am DTZ, uh, down to Zoom. I'm proud of that one. Not to brag, but I got toilet paper, two ply, ample supply, scented candles, uh, puzzles, vinyl, large, medium, extra large, uh, face masks, I was once abducted. I also went ahead and splurged and just got this, uh, this uh, Instapot here. That cost me quite a few paychecks, but I'm, I'm a real catch. Um, I'm available anytime uh, to chat or talk or, or whatever, you know? Oh, good God! Not the toilet paper! Not the toilet paper!
3: COVID Connection!
2: <laughs> you uh, you can't see it, but I lit the... Oh, forgot. He's got a... Hope tag. to hear
0: from you. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, the oh, visual okay. at the end
2: there is I, yeah. I, I, uh, the toilet paper lights on fire behind him, um, uh. which I, I actually lit our toilet paper on fire. Um, and my wife was like, it was, you know, this, I shot that in April. And when we were there, was no toilet paper. Oh, that's weird. It was
1: like a, that was right before those big fires in California.
2: Yeah, that too. Fires. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, toilet paper shortage. And she saw it. And she's like, "You burned the goddamn toilet paper?" I was like,
3: <laughs> "Yeah." It's what back are you to doing?
2: that. It's back to that. You know, whole tub of Vaseline <laughs> philosophy, Pat. You know, you gotta Man. do it. Gotta do well, it. For I heavily your life.
1: urge everybody to go to COVID Connections on Instagram. COVID underscore Connections underscore that's correct, right? I got that right.
2: You you nailed it, bro.
1: Get there. It is great. It's very entertaining. Follow what they're doing. Follow Elkhorn Entertainment. Follow COVID Connection. And um, yeah, man, I'll have my phone. I'll have the I have the ringer on, Ken, for when you need to call me for, you know, uh, that that you know. You, you know need the a very talented you, lead man.
2: You know the price, bro. As soon as you're ready to go down on Bigfoot, we're ready oh, to. Oh, I see. <laughs>
1: Uh, you're Bigfoot. That's the whole. That's the after all this, we finally got yeah. to the conclusion. You're Circles, Bigfoot.
2: That's the callback there.
1: You
3: oh, yeah, back yeah. yeah.
0: The he, back you show up the first stand he's in a Bigfoot costume, ready to go, <laughs> with a big hole
2: in the middle of the
1: suit. Yeah. Uh, guys, wonderful... thank you
2: so much for having me on. It was it was such a pleasure. it was great. Yeah, man. thank you. Pleasure's all
1: ours, man. Huge honor. Thank you so much, Ken.
2: All right, love you, Pat and Tony. Love right. you. I just met you, but I love you, too. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> all right, guys. Take care. Tell the wife soon. I said hello,
0: and yeah, I'll talk to you soon.
2: All right, brother. Yeah. Talk soon. All right. All right. All right. All right. Bye, guys.
0: Bye. All right. Um, I that will. Was awesome. Yeah, they will awesome. Um, I will put the links to all of Ken's stuff uh, in the show notes. And again, you can email us at squirttostab at gmail.com with anything you want. Anything to add before we end the show Pat, or no i'm
1: just uh, i'm I'm just kind of still feeling good about that interview and yeah, uh you know sharing you know it's kind of like the nostalgia you know the whole nostalgia of of being in in that grind it's a whole different world, and I can't even understand that like me and Ken have shared so much experiences together, but he's just at a all other level now and I'm just very happy for him, and um I just can't wait to see. can't wait to see a show, uh, Bands of Enchantment, to be honest. I can't wait for it to be done.
0: Yes, I'll be looking out for that.
1: Absolutely. I should start
0: up the band again and be, hey, man, put me on your show.
1: Yeah, no kidding. It's like, hey. That's what I should uh, do.
0: Do it. What are you waiting on? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to put a few songs together.
3: I
1: like it, man. (laughs) Do it. Get the band back. What's Eric doing? Let's get the band on here. They ain't doing shit.
0: The rest of the band ain't doing shit.
1: Well, get him on the show.
0: I should get him on the show.
1: I already talked to Steve. I wanted him to be your the secret guest.
0: Oh, and what do you say to that?
1: And uh, Yeah. <laughs> he, he thought it was funny, but he's liked the idea of it, but he was like, yeah, I don't think so. Maybe. I, I don't think he was down for it. Yeah, he, he doesn't care.
0: He doesn't like doing this shit. Eh, I don't blame him. Just, I do. Yeah. I blame him. What are you doing? He's not doing, he's not doing anything <laughs> on the weekend.
1: I'm just empathizing, man. Like, I get yeah. where Steve's coming from, man. You know, to have the microphone on in front of you and having to say words and be judged for everything you say. Ah, screw it. I All mean, right. just got to rock out with your, you know, the thing.
0: Just say it. Say it, Pat. Rock
1: out with your cock out.
0: There you go. There. How'd you you didn't think I was going to say it, did Did you? No, I didn't think you were.
1: Yeah, because highly inappropriate,
0: ina- dude. Inappropriate. Did I just say Inappropriate. You just say inappropriate, but, but who is it inappropriate to exactly? I don't mind you saying it. Yeah, I know people but, that won't mind you saying it. And just because well, some people mind you saying it means you well, shouldn't say it. Well,
1: thankfully you and I are the only ones listening to the show. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. But, no, I don't know, man. I'd like to know. I think uh, the numbers are growing. I, you know, the feedback is good and, but you know, thanks, thanks to the guests. Thanks to Ken, man. That's, that's what it's about. And, yeah. Hopefully, you know, like you said, email us. Let us know who you want to be. If you want to be on the show, let us know.
0: Yeah, we don't care who you, know? you are.
1: All right. Don't be intimidated because Bobby L. is on here. Like, Yeah, just don't tell know.
0: stories of abusing elderly, though. Um. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you see, you took it the wrong way. He was romancing them.
0: Well, no, no, I he get it. Like, <laughs> like I said, there's people that want it. And, and I can just imagine when I'm – if I make it to my 80s, which I don't plan to – being in an re- old <laughs> retirement home, you know, it's like yeah, I'm probably still going to want it, you know. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I mean, be... Yeah, I, I don't imagine not wanting it, right? Right. Well, then you have dementia, then you don't know who you are the whole time. I don't know. I was going to ask ever. him about the, the whole dementia love thing, but that'll be for the next podcast we have yeah. with Bobby L.
0: All right, man. We're at 1 uh 141 as far as minutes. What is that with math? Um well 141 <laughs> minutes. Yeah.
1: 2 hours and 21 minutes.
0: You're good at that math, Pat. I'm tired. I'm,
1: I I should have went tougher. to I would have done good in the schools.
0: Yeah, it's past your bedtime.
1: Yeah, I got to go.
0: Yeah. That's actually All right. a
1: thing. Yeah. All
0: right, man. All right, man. Well, we are out like scouts. Uh, see you next time on the Squirt to Stab <laughs>